Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. The boys in white and blue, and we're back with another episode of the Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful. Mostly sunny, but at the time of recording this, pouring with torrential rain, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. Full disclosure, I'm wearing black, but because you, know, you always say we're the boys in white. I'm wearing. Hey, wait, green. is it? It's raining where you are. It's raining where I am right now. It, yes, it, it's not raining where I am. Yes, it was just torrential. It's eased off a little bit. Thankfully, we got Annie out for a walk just minutes before the heavens opened here. But yeah, it, it's much yeah. needed. Uh, I don't know how much we're going to get, but yeah, it's Tuesday and Wednesday are supposed to be. Shoot. I'm sorry, that just impacts my work schedule. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I used I used to do like drop-in events in the summer and I'd like choose a day or whatever. And then of course it would be like they're like inside activities, usually like they're like games or wide games or board games or whatever, or what a movie marathon or whatever. <laughs> and they always would be like the hottest day <laughs> or like a day like where no one wants to be inside. So this year I said, forget that. I'm just going to say we're going to do some rainy day drop. <laughs> and yeah, so uh, that might change what I'm doing the next couple of days. Ooh. Oh, well. Or at least maybe Wednesday. Maybe Wednesday I'll do it. Well, you're going to have a busy week, which is fine. Yes. Because this whole show is about the busy week that the Whitecaps have just had. We'll be getting into everything. Um, there's been signings. There's been re-signings. There's been yeah. championships lifted. There's been another epic game with a Mexican giant. That's just the, the white cap stuff. Around MLS and League's Cup, Messi is just like making this league look terrible with how good he is. Six goals now he's got in, I think, four games? Maybe even three. I think it's four. He, I mean... That game tonight, I don't know if anyone watched the, the Dallas-Miami game. That was just incredible stuff. I heard about it, yeah. Bruce Arena, 71-year-old, Eastern American, suspended for inappropriate and insensitive remarks, which, fun fact, is also the working title for this podcast. 
I thought you could say the working, the working title for his biography or something. Possibly that as well. I don't know if you saw, I retweeted this and it was very quickly taken down. Andrew, Andrew Wiebe, a couple of days before this, had tweeted out, got this great idea for a segment where we just take Bruce Arena to a bar and buy him drinks and just let him say stuff. So I retweeted that going, that didn't age well. And it was immediately taken down. <laughs> I did not see that. That is crazy. I mean, Andrew Reeves is not the sharpest pencil in the in the case. No. But. Um, they haven't announced either what it is that he said, which, I mean, usually in these things, you get a bit of an inkling. Yeah. But this is like... Oh, but knowing Bruce... Sorry, I don't know Bruce, but I, knowing, knowing Bruce, I it could Bruce, be anything. <laughs> I was going to say it might be quite some quite a range, of, a spectrum of things it could be. Alex, Felipe, and me were talking about this at the League One finals oh. yesterday, and we're just like, it could be anything. Yeah, there, there's definitely more than one subject it could have been about. Yes, maybe it's just a whole bingo card, and it's like, okay, you've got house now, Bruce. We need to speak to you. Yeah. Inappropriate and insensitive. I think that could be the title of my biography. Yeah, that actually <laughs> that does sound about right. But we'll, we'll get into all that stuff. I mean, how, how's your week been with all uh, this stuff going on? Yeah, another uh, busy week. It's like lots of uh, a little bit more intense planning for the fall than normal, and I'm I'm juggling. If, well, not even the fall for the next whatever twelve months. So lots, lots going on. Lots of, lots of trying to, lots of scheduling and planning and trying to fit things together. It's like a big puzzle. But, um, yeah, it's it's going okay. But it's very busy. Like lots mm -hmm. nonstop. And you sometimes in the summer it can be a little bit more slow and reflective and whatever. And it's it's not been slow or or super reflective either. See, for me, this summer is my busy time because I've got the League One games oh, yeah. and all the commentary, and then it moves into the college season but i've got pretty much now three weeks in august where things have calmed down and i've got a little bit a time to, to to get out to more games and to do more stuff and we just started the new season of our east five podcast today oh so that unfortunately my co-host lee was uh he failed a late fitness test wasn't oh, no. able to do the show this week so I had to step in uh, and sort of run that one, which was one of the reasons I didn't make it out to Langley oh. this afternoon for Vancouver FC and Valor. Thanks the for the way, lack of lack of two more points, Michael. Yeah, sorry. The the heat as well, because my yeah. app said it was going to feel like thirty, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't you know, fancy you, that. You know what would have made it cooler, Michael? Is uh... Our section, we were we were waving a lot of BC flags. It was kind of like just, you know, being, you know, having like a fan on you the whole time. Well. Because I know you love flag waving. I was going to say, you know how much fun with flags. Uh, me and Sheldon Cooper, it's like we're, we're right up there with how much we love those. I did text you at halftime and I said, you guys sounded really good in the broadcast. And it was, it, it was a good atmosphere. I was actually quite impressed that it was just constant and really good support of the team. I was like really liked what you brought today oh thank you michael it was it was it was it was there was a good a good vibe in the section and like i've said about previous games um despite the result being you know frustrating um 
uh, or or dis- or maybe even just disappointing, maybe not less frustrating and more disappointing. Um, yeah, it's what happens in it's what's happened, you know, in the stands in terms of supporting and connecting with people. Like every, like every, like virtually every other match, it was like, uh, yeah, there was new people. There's people were coming to, you know, check things out for the first time. Um, Joe Deasy was back, which ah. always, always makes things amazing when when you have a Joe Deasy. Did he have uh, a potato he, under his arm? No, but we talk about Ireland a little bit, ah. even though he, mul- you know, multiple times remind me that he's officially Canadian. Um, but his son was with him. I think his brother, yeah, his brother was with him um it was uh yeah that, that's always nice and then yeah i had a couple a couple other people who came when it was like yeah it was it was really cool but yeah there's like all, and, that and is a, probably why i didn't have the potato because as soon as you become canadian unless you're going to live in pi you have to drop the potato drop it's, the it's, in, it's in the swearing ceremony yeah. that makes sense but no it was fun and it was a good vibe and like you said the support was good it was i mean so we had yeah we had these you know we had a bunch of bc flags in the section like 50 or so bc flags and um I don't know how it came across in the broadcast, but there's a lot of we had a bunch of children. We always have children in the section, and so there's a lot of uh, like banging the trying to bang with the drum beat, uh, <laughs> which um, is can both be good because it, it creates volume, but it can also be sometimes off-putting. Mm. Um, as long as it's in tune or in time with what you're trying to chant, but it was most, I know it was, mo- it was mostly mo- mostly it was okay. Well, but, that's not right. That's but not but the, to be honest, even if it, even if it wasn't like. It also helped the children engage more, both the flags and yeah. the banging of the flags, and so yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun day. Off the pitch, and, and, and it made it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, off the pitch, and it made it again. It was hot, and I had to put in sunscreen and wear a hat and whatever. But it, yeah, it, and you were all in black because we were watching it, and I said to Caitlin, "There's Zach," and she's like, "He's wearing all black." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Well, the club is black, so yeah, I, I did point that out as well. Yeah. To which her comment was, "That's kind of stupid when they play in the summer." <laughs> um the the uh out of the uh, mouth of babes the the uh yeah but so again like i didn't like the heat was not a it was there like i'm not gonna lie it was there and you can mm. feel it but it like because of all the the positive energy and stuff going on in this section like it wasn't an issue yeah i mean when i, when I had to rsvp to caitlin um like not my wife caitlin but my <laughs> my VFC wife, Caitlin. No, um, <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound good. The, the Caitlin at Vancouver FC. I was like, uh, not coming. Too hot. <laughs> Did she reply? Yeah, she's like, thanks for letting me know. Oh, I feel bad. I didn't go on the call this week because of because I was at a community event. I was out and not home in time, which I had hoped to go on to, to ask a couple of things. But I mean, one of the other things I texted you at half time for the game was, oh, this yeah. feels like a nil-nil written all over it between two very bad teams. And so it proved, although well, you, but, almost a dramatic late winner. Your other prediction almost came right, because you said, I think, uh, you said nil-nil, yeah. or someone's going to just nick it at the end or yeah. sneak, it, sneak one at the end. And it looked you, like... Vancouver had from a wonderful corner from my man he's finally signed Ivan Mejia yeah. the Colombian fiesta loving maestro that was his left foot he put it in with right I don't know was it, was, it? It, it was a foot <laughs> I didn't pay oh, too he, much attention to that no, it was a sweet was delivery but she has he, um, done all season long with TSS seven assists on the season he has got. I've been so busy that actually I haven't watched the replay Oh. It was. I heard it was the right call. Was it the oh, right uh, call? No, oh, it was. Some... Keeper, 
that okay. giant of a keeper who was yes, terrible we... against TSS and yeah. managed to shrink when he died for the ball was in yeah. top form today with some amazing saves. Yeah. But he did have both hands on the ball. Yeah. I mean, it, very loosely, but they were both on it. Who who was the player who knocked it out? Uh, it wasn't Romeo because he had the header. Uh, I can't remember. Diaz? Was it Diaz? Or oh, was it was Diaz. It was Diaz. Yes. So or at least he that... looked really pissed off afterwards. So he knocked it down. Did he also put it in? No, Romeo knocked Romeo... it in. And then the keeper saved it and then pounced on it. And, but who actually put it in? Was it going, did it go in off of Diaz's contact? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's too bad. Yeah. It very well, much, very much reminiscent of Valor's other visit this year where we should have scored a winner at the end of the match. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it wasn't, was it a great game? I was happy though that Ivan Mejia has joined Vancouver FC yeah. from TSS. We'll, we'll catch up very soon with him for a chat about that. Vasco Fry also started the game. Yes. Another... And he started strong, but I think he faded a little bit. I think he got really tired. WFC2 loan signing. Going back to Ivan. A year ago, Ivan Mejia lifting the League One BC Championship trophy on the pitch at Swan Guard as TSS Rovers won the inaugural championship. I mean, we hoped... I'll be honest, we expected that Ivan might be there to do a repeat this year round. TSS back in the finals. It was all going so well. But as we mentioned in last week's show, TSS's men and women headed to Kenwood's Field last Saturday to take on the Whitecaps girls and the Whitecaps boys in the semi-finals of this year's League One BC Championships. It was the Whitecaps that ran out the winners in both of those matches, setting up this weekend's exciting League One BC Championship games at BC Place. Just to round off this part, we'll just give you a little recap as to what happened in those matches and bring you some audio from it as well, because it was a very good Saturday afternoon at BC Place for the Whitecaps. The girls won their second straight League One BC Women's Championship. The boys won their first Men's Division Championship. And it meant that both the boys and the girls combined had the treble after winning the Juan de Fuca Plate for the best regular season records combined for the men's and women's matches. We'll start things off by just looking at the Whitecaps Girls Rex Elite they downed Zach's Unity 3-1. Unity actually took the lead in the first half from Tilly James, but Whitecaps fought back pretty quickly. Level up from 15-year-old Kaylee Hunter. Joy Kimwemwe put the Whitecaps 2-1 up in the second half, before Kaylee Hunter then added a third from the spot to seal the deal for the Whitecaps in the 3-1 victory. Fantastic stuff from the young girls' side. We've talked about them on the show before. This is a a team like last year as well when they won the championship. Their seniors moved on at the end of June. It's then a case of next player up. The the team is full of 15 and 16-year-olds playing against much older players, sometimes players in their late 20s and 30s against some of the teams. But the quality 
in this Whitecaps girls side is just phenomenal. You saw it at BC Place on Saturday. If you haven't seen the game, go check it out on YouTube. You can also see our video up on Twitter on AFTN of Kayleigh Hunter's third goal. Back-to-back League One titles now for Whitecaps head coach Katie Collar going with the prestigious Blue Stars FIFA Championship that they lifted over in Switzerland earlier this year. Myself, Alex and Sarita caught up with Katie after the match just to get her thoughts on a historic back-to-back victory. Well, Katie, back-to-back, how does that feel, first of all, for you? Yeah, it feels really good. I think, you know, coming to the end of this climb and the end of this mountain, I think for the the kids that have put in so much hard work over the past eight months, you know, really the work started after the last championship. So, uh, you know, getting through the season and, you know, pushing through injuries and pushing through some of the changes we've had to make, I think it was pretty impressive. You had a strong start today, had a few chances, and then Sydney came up with some fantastic saves as well. When you went a goal down, what was your message to the team at that point? Yeah, message stays the same. We do us. We continue to, to fight forward. I think when we concede, it's just the next step. Like, what is the next step? What's the next action? Can we do the things that we're good at, revert back to that, and continue to push? I don't think, you know, the team or the staff at any point in that game were like, ooh, we might be uh, having some trouble here. I think for us, it's like, we deal with adversity. We need to figure out how to stop conceding first. <laughs> But we deal with some adversity and continue to push forward. And a big pitch like this as well really seemed to suit your team. Unity seemed to be getting a little bit tired. It's very hot down here, but the wide areas of this pitch fit your team down to a tee. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's nice to have some space. I think for us in the style of play that we, we play with and we have is that like football, keep the ball with us and, and look to find those spaces in between and then ultimately in behind. So I think, you know, it really catered to the, our ability to, to find those in between pockets, to find our midfielders and let them create. 82 championships in two years. Did you make a vision this one that started last year and how surreal has it been to see this journey? Yeah, you know, when I started last year, the messaging was like, this is going to be a development league. It's great for the kids. Like they're young. You know, we don't really expect anything from them. Like go out and make them better. And I think from that point to, to now, it's been a little bit surreal. I think it's, you know, an exciting time. You watch you know, some of those players play. You just spoke to Geneva Hernandez-Gray, Kaylee Hunter, who came in in July. She's a 2008, you know, scoring two goals for us this year. Um, quite a performance today. Jamie Pearl playing out of position as a fullback, like really put in the work. So lots of really good performances. MEE went 90 minutes. So I think for us, it's like, you know, it was at the beginning of the year or at the beginning of, of my time here, like let's play in the league and make the kids better. And now it's like, how do we keep pushing on to the next height? What do you make of the mentality of your players? First of all, I mean, like you mentioned, they're going up against players way older, and even today it's a final BC place. It's 1-1, that the fact that they just kept going and then ended up getting the winner as they did, what you make of that? Yeah, it really speaks to the, the quality that we have within the group. It speaks to the, the connectedness that we have within the group. I think at any time we always talk about, like, if you're dealing with adversity, look to the person next to you, look to the person beside you, look to the person behind you, they've got your back. And so I think having that connection and having that trust in each other allows them to continue to work through those hard moments when it's not going their way. And we obviously spoke in the week and just about you know the changing landscape and the upcoming professional rise, etc. And the players here as well, you can tell they're, they're saying like that for them is 2025 is a big goal. How awesome is it just to see them be able to pursue you know, opportunities like this, knowing that 
maybe a couple years they could be playing professionally Yeah, the opportunity for them to play professionally at home, I said it to them before the game, like, you've earned this. Like, this stage, this stadium, this locker room, like, you have earned this. And I think they have every right to play in a place like this. And I said, you know, it's a part of the process. It's not the destination. Getting here today was not the destination. Going the 90 minutes, doing the hard work, and winning the game is the destination. And it continues to grow. You know, you reach that one, there's always another peak, and the next one is a professional league. At the start of the season, you said that you had a big trophy case that you wanted to get filled. You've been adding to it. Um, how important was that to see the Switzerland, like the FIFA trophy, now this back-to-back? -back. How important is it to visualize it and see your trophy case get full? Yeah, I'm a big believer, like, wins lead to wins. And when you have that winning mentality, the kids start to understand what it takes to win the big games. And, you know, Switzerland was hard, right? Each game was a grind. We tied a couple games. We went to penalties. It was hard. So for them to understand that it's going to be hard and what we do to work through the hard is what gets us on top. And you just said it's not, it's like you win, you got to keep going. Interprovincials are coming next week. How proud are you of this team and what are you expecting coming up next week? Because it's a different type of competition. Absolutely. It's a really time to like reset. Let's celebrate it now. We come out of the locker room. I said it in Switzerland as well. Eyes on the next prize. And Interprovincial is a big one for us. You know, we're playing teams from Ontario now, teams from Quebec. Uh, we're going to be a young team next week. We've got a couple players going away with the U17 national team, so we're going to be a young team. It's a great opportunity for us to showcase some of those players that you saw today uh, and continue to push forward and grow. Okay, lastly, talk about that. You've always been one of the younger teams, but you say that never deterred you guys. It actually invigorated. Now you guys are not the underdogs. You guys are the top team to beat. Does, how proud are you of this young squad that continues to show up for you? Yeah, incredibly proud. I think continuing to show up and do the things that they do, you know, whether you're the underdog or whether you're the team on top, you stick true to yourself and you put on the field what you've put forth from the time of being an underdog to now. Like the hard work is what gets you there. And I think, you know, the pride and, and the accomplishment of this team comes from that hard work. Now go celebrate. Let's go. Whitecaps girls, Rex Elite head coach Katie Collar there and she'll take her side to Langley this coming weekend for the second ever League One Canada Women's Interprovincial Championship. Both Unity and the Whitecaps will be representing BC in that one alongside teams from Ontario and Quebec. It's been a fantastic season for the Whitecaps girls. Can they cap it off in style next weekend in Langley? Tell you, you wouldn't bet against them the way they've been playing. An absolute joy to watch. But we'll bring you some more coverage from that in an extra podcast later this week with some audio from Geneva Hernandez-Gray and Kaylee Hunter, the two-goal hero, who has eight goals in six games for the Whitecaps since joining them from the Calgary Rex programme at the start of July. A lot of young stars in that team. A lot of young stars on the men's team as well. And the Whitecaps boys, I mean officially it's the Whitecaps Academy under-19s. They took on Victoria Highlanders, the regular season champs in League One. And the team that also broke TSS Rovers hearts in the last game of the season to clinch that berth in next year's Canadian Championship representing BC and League One BC. The two teams played out a one-all draw over the 90 minutes. Michael Henman had given the Highlanders a lead a minute into first half stoppage time. On the hour mark though, Sydney Mathuta tied it up for the Whitecaps. Despite some end-to-end -end stuff in the last 10 minutes, no further goals. The game went to penalties. 
eight rounds of penalties. The Caps triumphed 7-6 in the end. Cohen Park with a big decisive save, his second in the shootout. Luke Norman, the man to step up and hit home the decisive winning penalty. The Whitecaps lift their first ever League One BC Championship. And for head coach Rich Fagan, a man that's been with the Whitecaps organisation since 2010, he's been in charge of the team at under-17 level, under-19 level, the 18s when it was that as well. He's been in charge of WFC 2 in their first incarnation in their, their time in USL. Now in charge of this team, winning silverware for the club. Obviously a very special moment for Rich and the rest of the team. Again, myself, Alex and Sarita caught up with Rich after the match. Here's what I had to say about it all. So, Rich, emotional scenes out there. Uh, how was your heart during that penalty shootout? I hate pens. I hate it. Um, ultimately, we want to try and get it done in the 90, but listen, every pen was, was a good one. So, yeah, it was, it's tough, but it's okay. Going that goal down, your team never let their heads drop, and I think you showed last week against TSS the quality that is in this team. Did you have complete faith that they were going to get into it no matter what? Yeah, 100%. We never quit. We never stop. We keep going. It's not the first time this season. Um, they go, they go, they go. The, the penalty shootout, like Cohen, he's a guy that Ben Alexander's had a lot of starts this year. Did you say anything to Cohen going into that shootout? Uh, I said it to the collective. I said he's the best penalty saver in the, uh, in the club. So I had 100% confidence Cohen was going to make saves. What does this mean to you? You've been in a final, obviously, before in USSDA, but you've brought home the trophy this time. Listen, I've been with this club for 13 years. They've given me my career. Um, it's an opportunity for me to give something back to them. I guess, speaking of, then how special is it on a day like today where, as a club, collectively, you get a trouble where you, know, you get the Juan de Fuca and each men and the women both, uh, both win a trophy? Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, as a club, we put so much into the community. We put so much into youth development. So for us to bear the fruits the way we did today, um, both on the male and female side, it's, it's fantastic. When we spoke earlier this week, you said, you know, we got it, we have work to do. When you went down a goal, what was the message in the locker room not to get their heads down? Because it was in the extra time too. So it was like you were so close to getting into that locker room. What was the message in going into the second half? I told the boys they need to stick to the plan. Uh, we had tidy ups. We needed to make tidy ups, which they did. Um, but keep your heads up. Don't give up. Keep going. I mean, Amir uh, and Kyler, we're looking at two under 17 players. So. Um, they feel a little bit of pressure, they feel a little bit of nerves and it was just about making sure that, you know, they kept their focus, they stayed concentrated and they came out and they had a good second half. When you look at the big stage, when you talk about being here at BC Place, you get that royal treatment, you get that locker room, you get where the Whitecaps played last night. How did the boys feel when they walked in here knowing that this is the big, the big leagues, as some would say? Yeah, they loved it. I mean, our equipment staff did an excellent job of making it feel like home. Um, and there were some kind of special bells and whistles that they added. So when the boys walked in, they felt proper important. Um, but it didn't phase them. Like, I didn't see one nervous player all week. Um, I think they were just excited and they wanted to play the game. But, I mean, these kids dream of playing on this pitch, right? So uh, it's important for them. Yeah, right, you've been with the club for so long, 2010, I think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen so many players coming through. This crop of talent, not just at this level, but in the WFC too, it mm -hmm. feels like some of the best talent that was produced here for yeah. a long time. I would suggest um, 
the, the academy, the academy uh, is, hasn't been deeper. Like, we, were, we had our hands behind our back coming out of COVID, yeah. but we've been able to properly recruit over the last two and a half seasons. I feel like uh, from 14 to 23, we've got a lot of good talent coming through. Thanks so much. Congratulations. You're very welcome. Thank for you. you so much, guys. Thank Congrats. you. Absolutely delighted for Rich Fagan, a man who's been with the Whitecaps for 13 years. He deserves this. The team's played some great stuff. It's been a little bit of an up and down season. We featured Rich on the show last week and he spoke about the importance of having this group together playing the Fraser Valley Premier over the winter season and how that is great preparation to get these guys on the same page for this season. It really showed in this. No inter-provincial championship for the men this year. They are hoping to bring that in next year. But we've had two separate winners now in League 1 BC in the men's division. The only player though to feature in both finals and to win both finals, lift two championship trophies, is defender Nick White. He did it with TSS Rovers last year. He's done it with the Whitecaps this year. Brother of Anthony, who also won with TSS last year. Anthony, of course, drafted by Vancouver FC and has now been signed to a full deal in the CPL. Nick has one year left to go at Harvard University. What is his future going to be? Well, we asked him about that and also how it feels to be the first two-time winner on the men's side. Here's what Nick had to tell us. So, Nick, two-time League One BC champion, two different teams. How does that feel? Uh, honestly, it means the world. Uh, this year, this team, we sacrificed our whole summer, like Rich said. Uh, we came in for two hours every day, um, gave it everything, and we deserve it. I felt like we had ups and downs throughout the season, a lot of ties, um, but we persevered, and that's what this team is about. We build strong character. We have a very good, very good culture in the group, and yeah, honestly, it means the world. And two times in penalty shootouts, I, I couldn't handle it. I'm a super emotional player, um, and it means the world, it really does. Yeah. Yeah, like we'll talk about your penalty then, I guess. Like the fact shocking, you, shocking, yeah, honestly. It, what was going through your mind after that? Yeah, I was like, honestly, I was stressing. I. Uh, yeah, I was. I kept it together. I was cool, calm, but I I was concerned we might lose. But I trusted Cohen. He's a fantastic goalie. He had a great game, uh, bright future, and he came up big for us. Yeah. And it has been a bit of an up and down season, as you mentioned. But you showed last week against TSS just how dominant this team can be. Going a goal down as well. You just didn't let your heads go down. And the better team, you're the only team that was really in it. Yeah. Like I said, the culture in our group and the fight and the mentality. I think that's what separated us this year. To be honest, um, I thought every day we came in for training, and that showed in the last, in the last game too. Our fitness was top. In the 89th minute, we could still move the ball. We were still running back on transition, offensively and defensively. Um, just super proud, honestly. You're gonna go for the three peat. You're gonna move up to uh, somewhere else. This is probably my last league one season. I'm going da- back down to school for my last year now, and then after that, we'll see what happens in soccer. But yeah, yeah. Uh, how how proud are you to be part of also for the club as well? At treble, you guys win the Wanda Fuka, you win the women's, you win the men. How cool is it to be part of that? Honestly, it means the world. I've I've been a Whitecaps fan since it started. I have like eight jerseys that I've bought, and I have a Ryan Gold jersey actually that I bought this season to tell us. So, uh, yeah, it means the world, honestly. Like, being back in, in the professional environment this summer, every day, um, it was awesome. I felt, like, really motivated to hopefully push on to the next level uh, with the club. And, yeah, 
just awesome. It really means the world, especially with the white caps. Yeah. What do you make of that kind of synergy that there is between, you know, especially the women's and men's teams? You guys are always supporting each other, and then you're able to have a day like today. Honestly, it's top. Uh, I think the club as an organization on the men's and women's side is is awesome. I think coming back, I was I didn't know what I was going back to. I've been gone for a few years of school, um, but it's it's an amazing place. Like the staff, the coaches, uh, the women's team in general. Like I watch them play. It's, it's top football. Um, Everybody cares so deeply. There really is a great culture at UBC at the training center, and then come to the games and it shows in the results. Like they're doing fantastic. Uh, even last night against the top Mexican team, could have won the game. Like, yeah, it's really good. It's in a great spot. What do you make in this final? Just the mentality. Obviously, the Highlanders go up, and they haven't really given away many leads this year. So to keep going and get that goal the way you guys did. I think we came in a half, and, and I was telling the boys, like, honestly, don't worry. Like, I thought we were playing an excellent first half. Um, I thought in the start of the game we were a little bit emotional. I got a yellow card, maybe I shouldn't have gotten, but we settled down and we played fantastic for 90 minutes. Like I said, this team's culture and the spirit and the mentality, like never say die. We showed up and we showed out for 90 minutes. It was it was great, yeah. You said you're a Whitecaps fan um, <laughs> growing up and even right now having a Ryan Gold jersey. What does it mean to be playing on BC Place, at BC Place's field where Ryan just played last night? Oh, no, I know. So, uh, when the game got announced uh, one month ago that I was going to be here, like I was already motivated to come back to the final with the Whitecaps, but then I was like, no, no, boys. like. We must be back to the final. And I think that, like, BC Place, it pushed the team more because we know it's our home field. We want to be a club where the, uh, the fans are coming and the Whitecaps are on their field. Um, it was awesome. It's a beautiful stadium. It's even nicer when you're at the on the field. Um, yeah, it was great. It's emotional, like you said, as a player. What's one memory you're going to take with you as this is your last season here? Just the environment is something to strive to, like playing in front of, uh, like today it was, a, it was a good amount of people, but one day hopefully a full stadium for the Whitecaps in Canada. Um, yeah, just keep me working very hard and striving to reach my goals. Yeah. Nick White there. Very bright future ahead of him. You've got to feel that he's going to be featuring the Whitecaps plans. Would not be surprised. In fact, I expect when he finishes at Harvard this term, he's going to sign a deal with WFC too with an eye on making that move to the first team. And centre-backs have always been something that the Whitecaps Academy haven't really brought a lot of them through. They've brought a lot of other positions through. Not so much, though, when it comes to the centre-back side. But the, the two White brothers, Nick and Anthony, two great talents. Look forward to seeing Nick in his final career at college and what he goes to do after that. And Nick White, just one of so many talented young prospects that's coming through this Whitecaps team on both the, the male and the female side and it's an exciting time for Whitecaps when it comes to player development I mean you've got these two teams in League One, you've got the WFC2 players that's been getting the first team minutes, getting the contracts as well, it's a big investment by the club into their player development and we've seen it in the past and it maybe hasn't started to, to pay off for them it feels recently things have been done a little bit different and things are really starting to click now for them in that regard so just to round off this part this chat about League One and, and the players coming through just bring you a little bit of audio first of all from Vanny Sartini and then from Axel Schuster just with their thoughts about these League One sides the players coming through and how important it was for the club to get these teams into these championship games. Here's Vanny and Axel. 
Well, it's fantastic, I think. I'm very happy that the final is at BC Place and uh, not only our kids, but also um, uh, Unity, the girls from Unity and uh, Highlanders, are the pos- they have the possibility to play at, uh, at such a big stage. Uh, I love it. I always say that uh, it's the most important thing for a movement uh, in uh, to grow, like the Canadian movement, is uh, to have quality opportunity to play for everyone. And uh, football in Canada uh, uh, is likely going in that direction in the last years. The CPL, so professional development for uh, for players that they are not reaching the MLS at the beginning, but they can stay here in the country and play a good level CPL. We, we've seen in the Canadian Championship, you know, uh, it's always hard to beat CPL teams. Uh, the League One, uh, that before was only basically in Ontario and in Quebec, now we have it, Alberta has it, so it's, uh, and the quality is very good. So, again, I, uh, I say it again to the CSA, I hope that they will qualify more teams from the League One to the Canadian Championship because that would be even more... Uh, giving more importance to to this competition that is already, I would say, very important. And I'm really happy that we are part of it uh, for two reasons. First reason is for our players because uh, there's a a gap between the U17 and playing in the MLS Next Pro or playing for us. So we need to bridge that gap with uh, a possibility of playing for the guys in our academy and also the lot of very good players that we have in college that can come back and we can monitor their progress in these three months where they, where they play. And the other thing is that uh, uh, we like to be kind of leader or reference of a soccer community in BC. So everything that we can help in order to uh, improve the movement of soccer in first in BC and then in, in Canada, we are very happy to be part of it. It's a, a big week for the club with the signings. It's a big week for the club with the Tigris game. And on Saturday, you've got the two youth teams in the League One BC Championship matches here at BC Place. Having Obviously, the women are the defending champions, but having both teams now in those championship games, what does it mean to the club's development pathway? And especially on the, the women's side, with Project 8 on the horizon, we're announced that we're having a team there's now a tangible goal for these girls as well for for being Whitecaps players for many years to come. Yeah, I cannot tell you how how happy I actually stayed back to to see the games and and was uh, flying to LA the day after um, to support them in the semis. Um, you know that I don't think that there's any other organization in Canada that is investing so much money in player development. Uh, in passes for girls and boys. Um, I actually had an, I, I did an interview a while ago where somebody said, look, um, how can you compare what you are doing? And I said, I'm, I'm not shy of spa- saying that we spend north of 10 million Canadian each year in player development. And there's, I'm speaking here about not pay-per-play programs. I'm speaking about money that is put in from our ownership into player development where there is no return other than developing players at some point and developing an Ali uh, an Alfonso the next Alfonso not speaking about the next Alfonso just the next national team player like Ali and maybe Miel or Kupland or Glory or uh, Finlander or whoever we have a lot of them playing in our second team and, and showing some some great performances and, and we want to to put the bar high for them and 
uh, don't limit limit their expectations or their 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 their, their dreams. So and that's the reason why we do this. So then to to also see it on the pitch and and progressing with both teams into the, the finals of the BC championships um, is 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 a great proof, but also um, aligns with the story that we're telling everyone. And it's it's important to sometimes prove that. <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's I say. I said actually yesterday evening, now we have to go back to work. It was all the excitement and all the celebrations. We have now to go back to work. And and it helps also yourself sometimes and also me sometimes with what we all say and we say it and we say it that, that, we, that we then see the proof on the pitch. And this is more important than saying it. We can say everything. We can tell the wonderful stories. But at the end, everything we do here in this club... Everything we are speaking about, what we want to improve, how we want to change things, how we want to do things better than in the past. Also, how we have learned from mistakes the club has done in the past. On every single level, we, you know that I'm not shy about saying that. And I'm not shy about apologizing about mis for mistakes that the club has done in the past. We then have to prove it. And having both teams there and... and Explaining people, and I'm th I'm very thankful for the, the work that you are doing sometimes to explain the people because I have only this platform and and what I tell the people in the city that that see me and speak with me uh, and the connections with the supporters. Yesterday we had a round table with our supporters groups, and we need to talk more about what we are doing because it's it's not like in my former clubs where like 100,000 people are following the Twitter account and everyone reads everything about the club. So I, I also need you. And, and explaining people, look, this is our U19 boys. And these are girls. We have a center back. She is, she's a, a U16 girl. She's 15 years old. She, when the league starts, she was 14. And we are playing against senior teams there. And, and, and having this proof that all this investment and all this passion that we put in and also all this commitment and all this work is, is paying out somehow is, is, is great for us. And now tomorrow, it's, 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 they have went through that all together. And I know that they have been on every road trip. They, they have been together and supported each other. And having both teams there is, is great. And um, I think uh, I also like that the platform is BC Place. I hope uh, a lot of, uh, on Saturday, not tomorrow, uh, I hope a lot of people show up. I know I have heard this morning the ferries are as busy uh, as they have never been. But I believe there are still a lot of people in Vancouver and um, there's a lot of great stuff you can do this weekend. And one is on Saturday to come to BC Place and support some young boys and girls that have a passion for a sport and have done outstanding this season. And that includes actually also our two opponents. Um, also, congratulations for making the finals and, and then make it a great event, play two great games and, and do some great marketing for the sport and for this BC League One also that is very new league. And I enjoy the games very much. And I have to say the passion around those games from all the organizations that are also investing in player development is great. Vanni Sartini, Axel Schuster there, just talking about the importance of these teams getting through to the League One BC Championships. That was recorded on Thursday before the Tigris game. As we now know, the Whitecaps have two more bits of silverware in their trophy cabinet. Well done to all. So a fantastic Saturday for the Whitecaps at BC Place. 
lifting two championship trophies. Sadly, though, they will not be lifting the League's Cup. Their hearts were broken in penalties at BC Place on Friday night. And we'll be back chatting about that Tigris game after this. Hi, I'm Ryan Raposo and you're listening to the AFTN Show. When it's all said and done, my philosophy is If you don't need to apologise for your life, you didn't live Back in black and white to fight for something that's pure And the only thing for sure is that nothing's for sure Six feet beneath the surface with a tear in my eye Knowing in my heart of hearts that I came here to die I had a good run, saw the beautiful sun Felt the pleasure, pain, felt your fame, numero one Life's painful but I'm grateful I've been given the chance And I can go in peace now that I've done everything once I feel it hemmed down in the earth where I played for many years Name me tears, I'm accepting my fate It's a dark tunnel and I see a glimmer at the end Goodbye cruel world, it's been a privilege my friend But just as I'm about to fade away I hear a haunting tune There's no grave that can hold me down Ain't no grave gonna hold my body When I hear that trumpet sound, I'm gonna rise up out the ground. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body be afraid, every day a dying day I was drowned, but it's time to spread my wings and fly away I've been battered, beaten, broken, banished and betrayed But even that is near enough to keep me in my grave A punching claw at the lid of my coffin till my fingers hurt Break it through and fight my way up through six feet of dirt Now I'm reborn, howling at a south half moon Guess who's back, you can't keep an outlaw down Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's a new month. You know what that means. It's our new Artists of the Month for the month of August from Glasgow, Scotland. We've featured songs of his on the show before. It's the rapper Mog. We're going to play uh, a selection of his songs from throughout his career. He's got his 10th album coming out this month. We've played you a couple of songs from it already. It's on Word's SOS record label. So we're going to kick off his residency with two songs, two of his older songs in this show. This one comes from his June 2013 album in black and white. You can also find it on the Colours compilation album, which has a, a number of his early songs on it. That was No Grave. And you can find all of Mog's stuff on Bandcamp on mog-in-black-and-white.bandcamp.com And find all the stuff on that, all the usual places as well. Very talented artist out of Glasgow and we've got another song coming up in part three. So no grave will hold him down. Nothing is holding the white caps down. Maybe penalty shootouts. But aside from penalty <laughs> shootouts, nothing is holding them down. We're going to talk about their new additions in the next part that's just going to see them go from strength to strength. But in this part, we're going to talk about their League's Cup exit. A familiar foe from 2017 returned. Tigres, a UANL, which I think translates from Spanish to English as Anal Tigers. 
if I've got... My Spanish is a little bit rusty, but the anal tigers came... Did, did you ever see... There was a... Last year or so... I think we talked about this maybe on the show. There was a, a Lego set, and they... It was I'm not sure where we're going with this. Or it was a tiger. Oh, but they put like it's a like a pink flower piece for its butt, <laughs> and everyone just like wait what? It was just like really stood out. It was really really awkward. But I mean, have you seen a tiger's? No, no, I haven't. Uh, I no, mean, anal tigers. There was a band from Fife back in the day called Tigers on Vaseline. It all goes together. Everything, it's just, everything's linked. All three of those stories, put them together. Interesting news item for CTV, I'm sure. Well, the Whitecaps didn't get mauled, at least. No, they didn't. And I had a headline. I was going to have a variation of this headline, no matter what. And I went, in the end, Whitecaps burn bright in Tiger's shootout loss because of the Tiger, Tiger burning bright. Someone set the zoo alight. I think that's the... The poem might be wrong there again. I'm wrong a lot in this show. Just ask Nathan. He will tell you that. Let's get into the Whitecaps against Tigers, or Tigris, to give them their proper name. Another great occasion at BC Place. A disappointing crowd, but I'll come to that in a little bit. But it was a fantastic game. Really enjoyed it. Great atmosphere. Two absolute bangers. Yeah. I mean, Gignac and BC Place. That's it just brings the best out of him. Maybe he should. Maybe he should just come and play here. Well, he's he's about almost the right age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tigris. I think Jake McGrail's preview for it. Uh, the, he had like there's four or five over thirties in, in the Tigris lineup, so they have not gone old, but it's like they've gone for that experience, and that's one of the reasons that they are successful but it was a fantastic start by the Whitecaps in this one Pedro Viti nine minutes in what a beautiful goal so much to like uh, about this goal just in general the quick movement the transition play but Viti's control to to chest the ball down and then hit it on the volley absolutely fantastic outside of his right or left foot right yeah it was beautiful Flew into the top corner and wow, great goal. He has really come onto his game this season. We'll hear a little bit about Vanny just talking about kind of Viti's development in a few minutes' time. But that got the Whitecaps off to a great start. And Tigris did have two good chances to respond. Gignac kind of, he was a bit casual in front of goal, kind of whiffed on the shot. And then Ryan Raposo cleared a shot off the line, which again was a yeah. little bit casual if it had been hit with a bit more power. It was great a, defensive a great play, play. Raposo. Yeah. yeah, I've been maybe harsh on, on him, especially in that role. Well, when I saw him in the lineup, I was a bit concerned, I will be honest. But well, but he won't have to be in that role much longer. <laughs> Probably not, but these are the kind of signings that help players then play out the skin a little bit because they know... Yeah hey, my position's under threat here. Still under threat, no matter how well he'd played in this game. But he, he had a great game. Vanny thought he was the man of the match. And I, I genuinely thought Ryan was, was fantastic. But aside from those two Tigris chances, though, 
the Whitecaps bossed the first half. Yeah. And I did feel they had to get a second goal in that first half. They had well, you to text make me. that, yeah. You text me, you're like, oh, they got to get at least one more here. It, it just it just felt that if they didn't, the Tigres would come out a little bit of a different side in the second half. And they came out in the front foot right away to start the second half. But what a strike by Gignac. Eight minutes into the second half. Now, my big debate in this, was it a bicycle kick or was it a scissor kick? Oh, I mean, it depends on was uh, Gignac listening to the podcast or not, right? I, I think we did inspire him. Yeah, He's I mean, like, I hey, if, if Michael McCall can do a kicker like that, I can do one too. I think, I, I think... I'm not sure where he's from, but that's what he sounds like. He's from France, Michael. I think, <laughs> I think you've been banned from, from doing... Uh, French impressions? Yeah, well, impressions in general, I think. Ah. I, 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 I'm okay, I'm watching it one more time, or as you're talking. I think I'm calling it a bicycle. Let me just see. I called it a scissor in the March report. No, because his, his foot's ab above his body. Tell you what, let's cut yeah, over to our French correspondent, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> No, that's a bicycle, Michael. No, that's okay. a, there's no question. It's a bicycle. Either way, it was a fantastic goal. It was, yeah. Is that the great? Is that better than like Camilo Scissor? Like is that the greatest greatest goal scored? Well, Eric, Eric Thunderbolt is probably, I think, the best goal scored at BC Place at a club level. <sighs> I don't or, know. That, that, and that was in a cup. Octavio Rivero's one incher, right up there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean. I said the last game of Leon was one of the best games we've seen at a BC place. This one didn't quite reach those levels. You mean on the field, right? That's, yeah, that's on the, quality, on the field, the yeah. Quality of play, yeah. Yeah, or just, just everything about it, just like oh, general yeah, atmosphere yeah. and stuff. I, I preferred the Leon game. Just like you've been banned uh, from uh, doing impersonations, I just want to remind you that people can't see all those hand gestures you're doing. Oh, <laughs> but the nice hand don't make it sound like I'm doing bad I'm doing no, like no, uh, you're, no you're doing like the stadium was full and, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I just it was, it was a good atmosphere for, yeah. for the Leon game it was a good atmosphere for this too but it was predominantly Tigres fans as you saw at the penalty shootout but it, it, it was an excellent performance and that goal is right up there let us know actually what you think is the best goal that you've seen at BC Place from and may, white and maybe, or opposition. Yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, just off the top of my head, I mean, I, I, there's other goals that were more meaningful to me personally, but I think Eric's thunderbolt from Atlanta's cross is pretty significant. And uh, if I'd scored that bicycle kick I talked about last week in the media match, yeah, I mean that yeah, would have been up there. Be, um, but no, I think well, Gignac's bender, the first one. 2017 was yeah that was, a was was up there but this this one i think is i think it's better than camilo's because it's i'd have to watch camilo's again camilo's was a scissor it was a wasn't a bicycle the only thing i would say though about this one is i still think it was a foul on brown i think he got a push in the back he did go down quite easily but there was definitely contact there it was a push off because i remember he yeah, i remember he was in a heap on the ground and we talked about that. There's <laughs> definitely a little nudge in his back. Whether it was enough to send him flying down like that, I don't know. And that's not taking anything away from the finish, but I guess there maybe wasn't enough to make it a clear ruling out of it. 
Because um, I, I, I can argue a case for and against it. So as soon as you can do that, it's not going to get overturned. No, Brown goes down easy, Michael. There's yeah, Down the, goes Brown. Yeah, no, he he's obviously, he's trying to make space for himself for sure. But that's never a foul in professional football. I'm sorry. Like, was were people complaining about that? I saw a couple of comments about it, but no, it's it probably was a soft one, but there was a little contact. Anyway, let's yeah, move on. It was a fantastic. But Brown, finish. But, but, I mean, if you're, if you're, yeah, that's amazing. But Brown has to, yeah, hold. Well, the hold, thing hold is, the, like, hold the line is some of my friends. Yeah, used to back in the day, Javain did not have a good game. No, and, and he that should was, have been pulled me. off at half time. You text me. You were like, yeah. Brown needs to be subbed at this halftime. Yes. Oh no, you specifically. What wasn't the said, exact words I used? Yeah, you said Brown needs to be pulled off. <laughs> yes. And if they had, because he got pulled off right after that, yeah, that wasted a, a substitution window. Yeah. Which meant late in the game, when the game was wide open, because the last ten minutes of this game, neither team had any shape. Or defensive, like, nice at all. It yeah. was just everything had gone to shit by that point. And it was just like a track meet back and forward. It was so entertaining. But when that game was like that, you wanted to have one more window to bring Levante Johnson on. Yeah. But they'd wasted it by just doing that one sub on Brown. Yeah. So either make two subs at that point, as opposed to two single subs, or you make it at halftime. So I think that that was a disappointing one. And I meant to ask Vanny about that after, and then we just got caught up with other stuff that I never asked him. But I do feel that was a mistake. I think the Whitecaps were the better team over the 90 minutes. I, I'd said to Vanny in the first question after it, you must be proud of your team. You went toe-to-toe with two Mexican giants. And he was like, we didn't go toe-to-toe. We were better than Tigres tonight. And I think they were. They were the better team. I, I think it's definitely arguable enough that you totally understand the coach saying that. But o- overall, you can definitely say they went toe-to-toe with two top Mexican oh, yeah. teams. Cool, absolutely. Which, which certainly bodes well for, for what is to come. And, and I know I know we, we talked about we talked about the last episode of the episode we talked about the Leon match, as I should say. It's, it did, and you, I know you're going to reference this later, that the five only five out of the 16 round of 16 clubs are from mexico it does show you how the calendar is so significant when it comes to yes. con- with this tournament but also Concacaf champions league yes when those teams are in full flow they tend to you know outplay the mls sides that are uh you know in preseason form because yeah. mls is preseason then for the Champions Cup, as it will now be. Uh, and, of course, the CPL teams will also be in in pre-season when it, when it kicks off next year. And now it's the Mexican teams that are pre-season, and it is very, very telling. Because in a number of these games, and I think we saw it in this Tigris one as well, a little bit of tiredness kind of creeps in. An understandable big pitch, turf pitch in this case as well. So, I mean, there was that. But I, I think... The Caps could have won it over the 90 and they're going to feel that they should. They're going to feel that they let one get away. And then it went to penalties and it finished 5-3 for Tigris with Ranko 
missing the decisive spot kick. Okay, okay so I was watching live, um, and I thought I was going to be able to stay where I was to watch watch to the end, end of the... I had to leave right before full time, and it meant I was driving when it was when it was during the shootout. So I didn't, you know, I was listening, but it's not the same. Um, can you tell me? Because I watched the uh, went back and watched the highlights stuff. Can you tell me what the heck uh, the right before Renanko shoots? And I think one of the things that maybe puts him off a little bit is the Mexican keeper gets booked for was he pulling blue confetti or blue streamers right. up the net? Yeah. So this this has gone viral. With right. what he did, he did a number of things. So, if you have you not actually seen everything that he did, no. or oh, you have, right? Oh, now. yeah, I have, but I didn't, right. under, not, not the whole thing, so I don't so, understand the context. What, what we should stress is there's new rules for penalties. IFAB right. brought out new rules, they mm-hmm. were passed in, I think, May, and they came into force on July 1st. So, this tournament, although it started after July 1st which I think should have been with the new rules because the MLS and Mexican seasons started before it. They're continuing the current rules. So basically the new rules are, and they're pretty much against goalkeepers. Yeah. The goalkeeper can't taunt the opposing player. They can't dance about on the line. No more Bruce Grobelar wobbly yeah. legs. You can't it's the touch anti-Bruce the bar. They're finally, IFAB's finally striking back a Grobelar. Yeah. You can't uh, like wave your arms about. Or in the case of Guzman, the Tigris keeper, you can't do a mime. Well, okay. It looks like absolutely hilarious. At, at first, I thought, is there a spider web on him? And then when I saw the close up, I was like, oh, he, there's, it looks like blue streamers or can, whatever was in the net. Yeah, well, the, the first thing was he, he did the mime. Now, uh, I hate mimes. Although, if you cast your mind back to that picture I sent you during the week, I think I sent you that picture of me with sunscreen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, he, he, here's our PSA for, for this show. I like 50 SPF sunscreen because <laughs> I burn very easily and I need to really lather it on. So I thought, you know what would be good? Kid sunscreen. So I've bought kid sunscreen before and it's been good. So I'd got this sunscreen down the States. It was cheap. And you know me as a Scot, I have to get cheap sunscreen. It said it was mineral-based. That meant nothing to me. I've subsequently found out a high zinc oxide percentage in your sunscreen, of which this one was 15%, basically means you're putting on emulsion paint on your face. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm just glad it was white and it wasn't some kind of charcoal sunscreen I got. Because I wouldn't, I'd be cancelled by now. I would not be going out in public. But I had this white stuff all over my face. You did look like a mime. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never seen a face look like that since Debbie does Dallas. What? Moving quickly on. So that the the sunscreen that I had on my face, it was basically like paint, and I looked like a mime. Yeah. And I know there's a water thing in BC at the moment but this was thankfully the day before because I had to have a very long shower to wash all of that off my face. Yeah, you, you should tweet out the picture, the, your mime picture. Yeah, maybe I should. But yeah, I, I basically I look like a mime and I hate mimes. I've always hated mimes. I don't see the point of them. There's always a lot of mimes, like I, when I went to the Edinburgh Festival the, there was lots of mimes 
doing their street stuff and I don't know if you get a lot of them now but whatever I what I like to do whenever I see a mime I watch them do their stuff and then they take their hat out to collect the money so what I do is I go and I just mime putting money out of my wallet into their hat and then just walk away they don't like it but they started it how did we get on how were we talking about mimes oh yeah the keeper yeah the oh. keeper Gooseman. Michael, you really, you've done that? Uh-huh. You've actually done that? I've actually done that. And how mad do they get? They do get quite mad. I, It was a Scottish comedian called Jerry Sadovitz that had that in his act. And after he did that, I thought, I've got to do that. And yeah, they do not like it. Anyway, so Gooseman was doing don't, the don't, don't they know that, uh, uh, what's it called? Impersonation is the finest form of flattery yes. or whatever? <laughs> Well, they can then take that fake money and go into a restaurant, order a meal, and then just take that and then pay it out and just pay it, pay it forward. Oh Mine found kicked to death in restaurant in Edinburgh. Back to Guzman. So he did that mime first of all, and then he was doing more time wasting, and he got booked for time wasting after having a, having a talking to. So then, and I think he could have easily got a second booking for this. He did a magic trick. He was he was acting as if he had something up his nose, and then he pulled streamers out of his nose. Wait, I thought mimes don't. You, do they usually have props? Oh no! Like he'd gone on from mime to magician. Oh okay. Like another hated form of entertainment. <laughs> and yeah, so he basically did a magic trick and pulled streamers out of his nose, which then Yohei had to then move before the, his kick. That was then sadly not scored or was not saved. So yeah, that was basically what happened, and it's gone viral. It's gone everywhere, and it's had millions of views. I asked Vanny about it afterwards. Here's what he had to say about it. Uh, I know that is that, but I have to be honest. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I told him at the end I loved it. You know, everyone tries to do everything on uh, on his uh, uh, in the way to to force the, the thing to go in his, in his direction. I think that uh, if you let him do it once, if you let him do it twice, and they give him a yellow only at the third one or the fourth one, that's the reason why he can do it. So again, I think that uh, maybe he could have get a yellow before, but I really enjoyed it, so that's okay. <laughs> so, Zach, Vanny loved it. And went up to Guzman afterwards and told him how much he enjoyed it. He likes the entertainment. Even though Ranko then missed the penalty. <laughs> yeah, why would you say that? Like, yeah. Because he likes the entertainment factor. I've got to be honest, I really enjoyed it as well. I was pissed off at the time because Ranko missed. And I, I do think it very much merited a second booking. But from an entertainment point of view, it was a lot of fun. Ah, anyway. Whitecaps lost. Lot to take from it, lot to take from these performances to to move onwards. Viti, I thought, was immense in this game. He's having a great year. I'll be honest, I wasn't sure about him going into this year. He was one of the guys for me that really had to step up to the plate. Mm. Alessandro Schopf's been another one. Schopf's done okay, but for me, I don't think he's quite hit the levels I'm looking for for him but Viti has and at times has exceeded that 
and I just think he's on a he's on a great run right now. Yeah, I, the Vitae's in. It's been a good season in good form. Shop was also. Uh, this was a good match, another good match for him, and uh, I think you're seeing out of him more what uh, I kind of expected coming in. To be honest, yeah, I, Vanny like waxed lyrical about Vitae afterwards as well, just saying that he's worked hard. He's he's really. Like put his head down, learned the system, learned what they're wanting from him, and has exceeded what what they've thought at times. And you can see what a bit of confidence getting those goals, getting involved with the national team, what it's done for him. And it, he's just been he's been great. He's been one of the unsung heroes for me. Interesting, Isaac Bomer on the bench again, and not Thomas Asal. And Thomas Asal wasn't away with WFC2 for their trip to, to Colorado yeah. on Saturday either. So you do can, can wonder I, can, now can what I, might be happening I, with Thomas. Can they loan him still? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. yeah. The loan has to be on. Yeah, it's just our, our window for bringing folk in has closed, but other countries' windows are open. CPL, I think you can still do some loan deals for that. Yes, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. But yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. But the League's Cup, it's over for another year for Vancouver. But a good showing. Certainly bodes well for the season to come. Only five Mexican teams, as we mentioned, remain in the last 16. And that takes a little bit of the shine off the remainder of the tournament for me, I've got to say. Yeah. No, that's fair. It, the whole premise is you have these American teams against... Uh, against Mex their Mexican counterparts, right? Uh, I know. Yeah, because when it's MLS and MLS, it's just like, oh, it's another MLS game. So it's exactly. not, it's not got that excitement. And, and there's also been the awkwardness of having two Mexican teams play in places where there's not quite, they don't have quite the fun. Like, you think you told me there was less than a thousand people at the one, yeah, at the Pumis, Camilo game? Pumas Queretaro, yeah, nine hundred and forty-eight in Washington D.C. It looked shocking. And I thought, I've got to check the crowd, and I did, and it's like, whoa, 948. Now, the Whitecaps got 13,703 for that Tigris game. Now, one thing to mention, and a lot of folk left comments about, oh, the Whitecaps, they fleeced the fans with the ticket prices. Their hands have been a bit tied with this, because it's the League's Cup organisers that set the ticket prices. Yeah, have they communicated that? Like, no. Yeah, and they I, own, I didn't know anything about it until a situation in Dallas, where Dallas fans were boycotting the game tonight, and Messi's first away game, and Messi coming to Dallas because the ticket prices were high, and Dallas wanted to have lower ticket prices for their supporters to have their fans in, but they weren't allowed to. Yeah, so that's... a number of the, the hardcore Dallas fans boycotted that game. Yeah, that's awkward. Um, yeah, and then the Ticketmaster thing, is the Ticketmaster thing still a thing where it's like the variable pricing? So like if there's high demand, then, so like for the mess, the messy game, obviously in Dallas, tickets go way, way up. Is oh, that I, don't know if that, I don't know if that would apply for this or not. Because I did see people saying, look, oh, the, you know, the you know center of the park seats for for the Whitecap uh, Tigers game was... Uh, yeah. It was $100, and I was like, well, that doesn't seem far off. Is that not what they normally are? I've never really fa looked at family that. of four, if you want to take yeah, to but, that. It's but like... a family of four is not going to be sitting midfield at, like, center field, right? Like, 
you no. can get 30 40 tickets i think in the yeah in i the... think you can it was 21 bucks someone had a front row seat in the general admission section there was another incident as well um oh really yeah yeah in the supporter section i i got an email uh from brendan about it white cats fan got sucker punched in the back of the head Oh. and was wheeled away in a wheelchair. So hopefully he's okay. I haven't heard any updates on that. But this is a, a Tigris fan that had been moved twice already in the section and had been causing a bit of aggro. That's not good. Yeah. So that's something they definitely have to, to, to work on for, for next year. It was a disappointing crowd. I get it because it wasn't included in the season tickets. The first game was... And it's a Friday night, it's the summer, it's a long weekend, folk are away, the competition, a lot of folk don't know about it. Hopefully it's something that they can work on and they can work on the ticket prices as well. It's been on the whole some decent crowds. Charlotte weren't allowed to, to play their game in Charlotte because of a stadium clash, so their home game didn't have a great crowd at it either. But overall I think it's been a good tournament. Vanny has enjoyed it. I asked him what he's made of the the tournament, how he would improve it for for next year as well. Here's what he had to say. How much are you enjoying this competition, the chance to play different teams and to be in a different kind of environment of a a group stage and then a a knockout round? And what have you made of the tournament so far and the atmosphere at, at the matches? I love it. I, I literally love it. I, I, I like it. And uh, uh, so my uh, advice to the MLS and the League of XX next year, we can do a group of four instead of a group of three. So we can every ga- every team has at least three games for sure to play. Uh, I would love to play some game in Mexico too. And... Uh, um, I think uh, that is uh, a nice tournament. Like uh, um, again, now that is uh, already in Los Angeles was like this was kind of a knockout game. Who won was going through. So now there are knockout knockout games, and uh, you see. I think it's a beautiful thing for us uh, and us. I, I mean the MLS teams to tap into. A different culture, like the Mexican culture, that like we've seen with Leon here, a lot of fans, a lot of uh, uh, our fans raising out, out the, their usual level of, uh, I would say, chanting and everything because they they had a competition, and uh, so I'm, I'm I think it's it's very good both on the technical side because it allows us to play teams that are not uh, we don't play usually very high quality team. It allows us to do some choices and maybe experiment things like we did, like the last two games, we played JC, we never played him before, we played Isaac, we never played him before, we played Karifa, we never played him before. That would be a little bit uh, harder to do in a league game where every point counts in order to to get into the, the playoffs. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So Vanny's loved the the League's Cup, as you can imagine, especially as a manager. You get to test yourself against different opposition. So he he made some good suggestions there, Zach. Though It's like groups of four, so you're guaranteed at least three games. I like that. He'd like to see the Mexican teams host as well. 
because he'd love to go and play a game in Mexico. Mm. I think logistically and expense-wise, that makes it tougher. Yeah. But for fairness, I think you kind of you kind of have to at least get them a home game of some kind. I, I like the idea of groups of four. And if you can yeah, have two like MLS, two Mexicans in, in a group as well. They need to do that. That's been one of the shortcomings of the tournament is this groups of three and then unbalanced, right? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think they need to work, get a way to do that, whether you... I guess they can't exclude any sides from the top flight. Then do they bring in... Do they give buys? Do they uh, do they uh, bring in second division teams? Like, well, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, if you really want to to do it, like bring in CPL teams, bring in the top USL no, no, teams. No, yeah, you don't no, want the CPL one? No, not right now, dude. I mean, the 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 it's you see MLS closing closing the gap to what they're spending on their squads to the the Mexican teams. I mean, the CPL sides are what? What did that article say? We were talking about a while. You and I were talking about a while ago. The CPL in the lower mainland, it's what like four point five million dollar a year holistic budget, and the Whitecaps is like mm. sixty. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you're talking about like twelve times. Can you imagine that against the Mexican? I mean, they. I mean, they play in the Champions League, which I think is great, but another competition. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't Plus, think... it would completely mess up the CPL season. Yeah, I think this is not the time for that. Maybe down the road. Maybe, maybe. I, I'm. Now I'm still not. I still don't think it's a great idea in this moment. Maybe I'll change my mind down the road, but um, I'll get East Fife to come over. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe some clubs from Qatar. Oh yeah, they're always one. Or Saudi. We can oh, get yeah. Ronaldo Messi. Al Nasser in the League's Cup. Yeah, is, it, is that right? Al Nasser is that what it's called? Probably something like that. <laughs> either that, or that's the guy that owns it. It's one or the other. We just we just got we just got a whole bunch of money from them for Sadio Mane. Oh, of course, yeah. And we, and, I read and, that, and I wondered what you were going to make of that. No, I well, I, I well, originally it was like we pay. I think we paid thirty five, but there was all these bonuses to that. And originally, I heard like oh, we were going to like seventeen for him, and I was like, ugh, well, like that's a. Which one the goes there? Man, 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 <laughs> uh, Manu, I think said we got thirty in the end. Plus, we're saving his salary was huge, so we're saving on that, and then. The biggest thing I think, though, is we're saving on having to give Liverpool more money because he'll never achieve the the things and you know win the Champions yeah. League, whatever the other things were that were in his uh, in the bonuses or the, uh, the you know they would get more money. But so, does the, the Asian Champions League not count? Well, it's not for Bayern, so no. So the uh, the other thing is, I mean, I I uh, I, I was kind of hopeful for Sadio Mane, and I was actually really looking forward to seeing him at the World Cup. Um. So I was sad about that, but um, I will. You know how there's like some players and they play for your club and like they just they do something and you're like, well, I'll never forget that. You know, like that's like special in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was just thinking some bad examples here. (laughs) No, like for me, uh, I'll never be able to forget that Sadio Mane is the guy who did what I think so many people have wanted to do over the years and punch Leroy Sané in the face. How did we get on to Saudi Omani? I don't know. We talked about the Saudis joining the league. league oh, that was it. Sorry. Oh, dear. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope they don't bring in invitational teams because that, that's just totally no, no. going to spoil it. But what, what about bringing I've, I've enjoyed in, it. What about bringing in like, uh, 
yeah, I guess the disparity is of an issue, but bringing in just to make the groups bound or to four, you know groups of four and whatever. I think giving a buy or or maybe bringing the top the, the second division of Mexico and maybe the top whatever USL. But you, you can have groups of four because there's 18 Liga MX teams and there's going to be 30 MLS oh. teams, so we're up to 48. So it's oh all yeah, good. okay, right, yeah. okay. What's the treat? It, it solves it. Okay, that's the issue. Okay. Because we, we were we were wondering um, where they were going to end up playing Tigris and Monterey because that's the yes. the Rider sixteen matchup because we thought it'd be hilarious if they had it at BC Place. I I was pushing for Monterey in California after our discussion last week. Oh yeah, that would have been fun. I thought yeah. I genuinely thought Tigris. it would have been somewhere like San Diego. I thought that would have made so much sense, but it's, Tigris, it's in Houston. I imagine Tigers had like a better departure from Vancouver than Leon did. Well, I haven't I haven't seen it was the Monday that Leon had the the issue, so I guess oh, we'll right. have to check that tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, the League's Cup's over. Whitecaps knocked out. They did well. Could they win it next year? Could they win the MLS Cup? Well, they've made some key additions that might have you thinking so. And we'll be back chatting about all of that after this. Hi, I'm Ryan Gold, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I just sit and watch the hell blow by. Nothing's gonna stop me now, I've never felt so high. And I'm loving every second day as Johnny I'm on. Cheers for listening, I take you to as Johnny alone. Ask us out to all the triples and boots and black hoodies. Only in it for the love and the cute, but bad groupies. Embracing life is such a beautiful thing. It makes me want to write a song that every human will sing. It's the yin, yang, double big bang. Every colour getting covered by a gutter kid's slang. Tony Smoke, this is as sweet as it gets It's like a summer breeze creeping through the trees and the meds I'm alive, immortalised, never gonna die Climb my way up at my own grave, hit the tallest eye Swear to God, that's how I feel and you can quote me too I'm just starting, nothing's gonna stop me now Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's the second of our songs from our new Artist of the Month for August at AFTN, Glasgow rapper Mog. Another song from his 2013 album in black and white. That was Stop Me Now. Is anyone going to stop the Whitecaps now with their march to the MLS Cup? Signings. Resignings. 
it's a it's a, a lock-in, Zach. They're going to be lifting the trophy in December. Yes, like you should go put money on it. I have. <laughs> I got a bookie email for America where the Whitecaps, despite having gone up in the standings, had gone from 66 to 1 in June to 80 to 1 in the betting. And I was like, ooh. Then the Larea rumours were abounding. And then, of course, the Sam ones were still doing the rounds. And then Larea was announced. And I was like, I'm going to stick a tenner on it. So I signed into Caitlin's Play Now account. <laughs> and she, she had 20 bucks in credit. So I did 10 bucks in the lottery. Didn't win. It was a shame. I'd picked out a house in West Van and everything that I sent her. And in the other 10, she's put a bet on the Whitecaps. She must be thrilled. 81 to 1. So, you know what that means? If you put $10 on the Whitecaps to win, (laughs) you're going to win $810. I've changed it this time. Ignore my previous statements when regards to betting. 810 bucks is in my pocket. At the end of the pre-game Tigris press conference, Vanny was walking out and I went, we're 81 to 1 to win the MLS Cup. And he's like, oh, you should put a bet on that. I went, I have, I put a tenner on it, so you better win. I said, that's my wife's Christmas that's relying on this. And he said, will you buy me something? I went, if you you deliver the MLS Cup, I'll buy you a bottle of your favourite drink. So that is the the deal I've now made. Nice. My I told you in the past my deal with Robbo, right? If we if we won, I would get one of his sweaters. We would do a a, a, a t shirt swap for one of his nice nice sweaters. Not that I would be able to wear it, but with, with Weezer playing. If you want to destroy <laughs> my, sweater. my sweater, great song, great band. Yeah, yeah I, I genuinely think the Whitecaps are in with a shout. Inter Miami. Cast adrift at the bottom of the East, 12 points off the playoff positions, 14 to 1 to win the MLS Cup. I've only seen the highlights of their of their uh, the game in Dallas in the League's Cup. But Oh, you missed a cracker. That was a yeah. fantastic game. I know you text and... me, you're like, I'm watching this game, it's pretty good. I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't watch it, but um, yeah. I mean, Dallas scored in the first minute and had it disallowed. And then yes. 3-1 up, 4-2 up. And then another wonder goal from Messi. And uh, and uh, two own goals, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One was an absolute one cracker. I, the Miami guy, Taylor, was just like, oh, he was well, they had the uttering goal, F-bombs. And... The headed goal off the, the Messi free kick was oh, man. horrible. He can go home and say, hey, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I scored a goal that Messi set up. I got the end of a Leo Messi cross yeah. for a goal. Oh, it's beautiful. Best. It, it, it looked like he was an attacking player with it, yeah. it, like his body. Like I was just like, because what when, when I saw it live, I was like, that can't have been an own goal. <laughs> just the power it went flying through the air to hit. Did it. he just think he was getting under it and it was going over the bar? I think he just wanted to say that he'd got on the end of a Messi cross. Messi was getting booed in the game, so I did like that. Because what we're talking about in the last part about like the league's cup. So the clubs couldn't control the tickets for that, but at mm. least for MLS games they can. So they can at least make sure that their fans have it. What I would have done if I was the Whitecaps and they'd gone through this Tigris game, 
they would have had Monterey, Monterey a BC place. Yeah. So I would have said, hey, we're, we're only a couple of wins away to being in the final. Messi could be coming here. If you want to guarantee a ticket, you have to buy a pack for the next few games. Or a season ticket for next year. Yeah, because what, what East Fife did for some big cup games against like Celtic and Rangers was you could only get your ticket for that game the other side of the turnstiles. So you had to pay to go into a game to get your ticket for the big game. And if you didn't stay for the game, who cares? They've got double your money. Did people actually go in, get yep. that ticket, then leave? I don't, some probably did, but most would have stayed for a bit at least. The downside was you had to watch East Fife. Because uh, at East Fife, we've got the admission, it's like £18 to get in, but £30 to get out. <laughs> I believe Vancouver FC might be implementing that for the rest of the season. Oh, my God. Hey, you know what? Well, uh, we didn't talk about this, but the problem is you just didn't come to the game. I know it was the heat, but you didn't come to the game, right? Yeah. Had you come to the game, that, that easily would have been a win. That would have that would the ball would not have been under Yesley's hands at the end. And I think it was Kentav, it's not 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 Diaz. Oh, was it? I think I think Kentav would have got on the end of that and, and, and put it home. Well, I mean if if Rob Friend is listening to this, the answer is build a proper press box, yeah, get it's... some air conditioning in there, and you you I, know actually, he... that's all that's all I need. You know he doesn't have con- con- like direct control over that, right? He is Rob Friend. Yes, well, that is true. That's factual. But he he once said, "You've got a friend in me." That's true. Or was that Woody it, from Toy Story? I think it was well, both. one of those two. Anyway, said that to me in a fever dream. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he is fighting for uh, more at the stadium. And the, the funny forward. thing is, the next game when I turn up to it, he's probably going to mime putting in <laughs> press box and uh, and an air conditioner, and then I'll mime going. <laughs> which is good for podcast listeners just imagine me being chilly oh my how hard these nipples are oh my God. it's after one o'clock again people it is late. not it record late. at this time of night yeah. it is very late we've still got a whole two parts to go two i thought we just had this last one well I'm, for the listeners, I'm saying two. Because oh, <laughs> this is part three for the listeners. We recorded part four earlier. You've let the secret out of the out of the bag. We sometimes record in a different order depending on what we've been chatting about in between. Stuff. It would it be easy for you to edit look in Zach's face <laughs> when he thinks he's got another hour ahead of him. But it is one o three right now. Seriously, um, you should just edit that part out. Oh, no, no, we'll keep that in. Easier than you explain. Comedy gold. Over me laughing. I'll just mime again. <laughs> right, let's get into what this part's meant to be about, which no, is what an up- oh, you're, re- you're really good at the miming. I like, am. You're really good. Yeah, you're really good. Your your movement is very... It's like you've studied it a bit. I, I, might, I might have mimed in the past. <laughs> you really? Moving on. What an amazing week. It was for Vancouver Whitecaps. I don't think it is hyperbole to say this has been the best transfer window in the MLS era for the Whitecaps. And Axel does need to take a bow. He's he's knocked it out of the park the last couple of windows. Oh, yeah. Uh, This one one more so than any other for, for multiple reasons. I think what you've seen is... Wait, wait, years is this for Axel? Is it three, four? 
four or five. Yeah, it's a long time. But what you've seen is a progression from him that I think is really promising if you're a Whitecaps fan because he it, it feels like there's this it's been a slow turning of the ship but it feels like he he really has turned turned the ship and i've been critical of some of the moves he made has has made and hasn't made but what he's done in this window it's not just the moves it's not just the names it's not just the a bit of um it's not the level or the quality uh or the emotional attachment to the players that he's brought in it's also for me more so uh what i think and you can tell me i'm wrong on this michael it it feels like this cultural shift it, it feels like in the past for the for the white caps they have very much like let contracts go as long as they could before they had to um renew them extend them mm-hmm. whatever Whereas with Axel, it feels like he is more so than any other part of his time at the club running it like it's a Bundesliga club where it's very much, no, 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 we like this player. We want this player to be here. They're at the right age or the right, you know, the prime of their career or whatever. And we we are not waiting till the last year of the contract or the last six months of the contract. No, no, we're going to extend it early because that's how you do good business in football. And the Whitecaps have not really, in general, been good at that. Um, no, I, I mean sometimes I, I it can backfire because then no, it, it can't. It can. the players like, oh, I, I, I'm safe. It, you, yeah, but but Michael, you're right. It totally can. Uh, and and have we seen that? Yes, we have seen that. But the bigger thing to me, Michael, is that um, it's it's not. It's like a philosophical and cultural shift for them. Because what this is doing, Michael, is more so than ever before, making the players feel wanted, cared for, valued, appreciated. And I'm not just saying, oh, because they're getting more money or more years or whatever. It's not simply just that. It's that it's being done at at like an earlier stage, right? Like, so, uh, you know, like Ranko, right? So Ranko, I think, you know, debatably, he's had an up and down beginning to his career with the white caps except except for maybe this season you could say he's on a quite a positive yeah. upward proje- trajectory uh you know trajectory sorry to, to where they were hoping he was always going to be going and so they're rewarding that by saying yeah we're extending you and i think they're extending him i can't remember if he had did he have two years left on his deal or was it one and a half was it not just up at the end of this year because oh, this, okay, this, this is his fourth year Okay, maybe he he is just up at the end of this year. But I know who's the other person they re-signed? They, they haven't done gold yet. Oh, Kubas. Kubas, I think, still had at least eight, yeah. 18 months, two years to go yeah. on his deal. But Ranko's been here four years. Right. Because so, he, yeah. he came just as COVID but, hit. But he but but even, even my, my point is still I think still valid because I think in previous years you would see them doing this waiting to the end of the season and yeah. then doing it. And and that is so unsettling for a player, for their family whether that the family here with them or family back home or whatever it's they put people in such a uncomfortable situation in previous years where you think on some level how much does that affect them mentally emotionally you know and, and then what does that mean for them their performance right and so i think it's a huge step in the right direction uh we've, the, the ranko being signed before the end of the season kubas i think being re-upped at least 18 uh, months earlier or 12 or 
24 months earlier or whatever it is. I think that those things are like massive steps forward. And I think now this might sound kind of harsh, but I think Axel has been able to do this because they finally cleared out some of the dead weight in the executive at the Whitecaps. And, and I don't think this culture shift and philosophical shift happens two, three years ago, but he's been there long enough that he now has the trust and, or the control to be able to run things in a better way. And I, I, yeah. So uh, like you said, yeah, hats off to him. I think, I think he is doing things in a, in a much better, much more professional, much more helpful to the longevity and the, the perception of the club amongst players. I think he's really helping when it comes to those things. And those things are massive. Those things are bigger than I think people oh, yeah. really, really understand. And you and I know, talking to players and families and those types of people, how uh, organizations, clubs, and uh, get a reputation for things. Yeah. I, I think, think the White really Caps have certainly changed. And we'll touch on that again yeah. when we talk about Sam coming back. But like well, sticking with, with Ranko, so re-signed this week. He's 24 years old. And I, I, I've been a bit critical of him over the years because I know there's a good player there. And just sometimes he hasn't shown the quality that we know he's got. Mm. This year, though, I think he has been exceptional. Yeah, and I think much better. Yeah, he's he's a lot more assured. He's a lot more confident, and he's been rewarded now with a, a contract extension till the end of twenty twenty six, with a club option for twenty twenty seven as well. I, I think he's come on leaps and bounds, and still areas to improve upon. But very happy to have him locked up because I do think, like now that he's broken into the national team, there's going to have been interest from Europe. Yeah, and he's happy here. He likes it here, and he he wants to win trophies here. Yeah, I I got a chance to to chat with him, uh, training on Thursday, just about the new deal and life in Vancouver so far. Here's Rankle. So, Ranko, first of all, congratulations. The the new contract. How long has, has this been in the works? Because I, I know you've probably had options that you could go back to Europe or stay over here. How long have you been in talks for staying here? Uh, well, yeah, it started maybe, I don't know, two, three weeks, maybe even a month ago. Uh, we had talks in the beginning, then we, we saw what are the some other options but uh, I think I thought this is the best option for me right now because uh, this club is amazing I've had wonderful four years so so far so I think in the in the future in the next two years we can do even bigger things and as I always said so many times since I uh, signed your contract like uh, I hope we, we go more in the MLS playoffs and in even contend for the championship it's Hard to imagine you've been here four years. It seems to have flown by, and obviously it's been a a weird four years as well because it's been COVID and, and everything like that. But how have you found? Well, first of all, life in Vancouver. It's like you obviously like it here. It feels like home. How have you found living in the city and in Canada? Well, yeah, obviously, I came in the in the really bad time for like for all the old world uh, during the COVID. The first three months, I was in in quarantine. 
but after that, uh, it was unbelievable. Vancouver is a great city, and I know even other teams. Like whenever they come here, I have a lot of friends from from Serbia, Croatia, and, and other countries, and always say oh, Vancouver is the best city. Like they're coming from American cities, they like it. I like it too. It's uh, there's a lot of things to do. Uh, my family hasn't been here yet, but now I think probably they will come. Uh, so yeah, that's I'm looking forward. Weather's been amazing, honestly. This year, the best since I came. So yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, too hot for me. But um, if you like, if you like the heat, it's it's been a pretty good, I guess, couple of summers. Uh, the the Ranko that came here then four years ago to the Ranko now. How have you seen your game develop? How have you seen your your game improve? Uh, well, yeah. When I came, I didn't know what to expect. I came from Serbia League, uh, and then I've I've settled pretty fast, I think so, because I saw it's really quicker. It, there has a better players. Every team has like two or three unbelievable players, especially up top. So yeah, that's the way I had to adapt my game to become stronger, to become a little bit faster, uh, to adapt because it was fast in the beginning. So that's the one adapt, and now I think I can. I can also progress in the next few years in a lot of things, you know, I, I, I have a lot of things to do uh, to progress even my, my ability to play even more because I think this season we have uh, more ball than the previous ones. I think teams been playing in, in a little bit different manner. So, uh, yeah, like every aspect of the game, I think I can improve. And defensively, the team look a lot sharper this year. The goals were there this year. It was maybe we just let too many goals in, but we have been better this year. A couple of new additions on the defensive wing-back side as well. Are you excited to, to get these new additions and see what this team can be now? Uh, yeah, you're right. We're scoring more, but uh, yeah, we considered some games, like pretty two or three goals uh, per game when we shouldn't be considering, especially from the set plays. That's the thing where we can improve it. And of course, we got two, two new players that are going to be uh, they're really good players. They're going to help us a lot, even offensively and defensively on both ends. And we've brought in a couple of Canadian internationals. You've been playing now for Serbia. You, you got your caps at international level. What did that mean to you? I know you'd been capped at youth level, but to play for the senior team, what, what did that mean to you? Oh, it's an unbelievable feeling. Like it's, uh, I always say, the best feeling ever to represent your country, to know that your your friends, your 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 countrymen, your family watches you and to represent our country, it's it's unbelievable feeling. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to in the future for, for more of those games. The, the guy that in my townhouse complex, the manager is Serbian oh. and he's from Belgrade, he's a Red Star Belgrade fan. So he, he watches you and he's always talking about Serbian football and I know the passion that, that Serbian fans have as well. What's the reaction been like? for you back home from, from have you got people from Serbia messaging you that they're watching you play here uh, yeah they didn't know honestly since I came uh, like when I was coming here they didn't know a lot about league, this league but now a lot of people starting to talk about this league because better players coming now even Leo Messi now everybody like focus now is more on this league so yeah now everybody is asking me and, and asking for my opinion about this league and I'm talking all, all the good things because it is like I think this league is even better than people in Europe uh, thinks you know yeah. because uh, in the previous years they didn't watch it so much so they didn't know but I think more and more becoming uh, watchable league and, and everybody want to, to know more about it 
Now, we're going to put this on our show after the Tigris game, but just to ask you kind of about the, the Leon and the Tigris games and the chance to play Mexican players and Mexican opposition who bring with it certain aspects of the game that for a defender might be hard to defend against. How much have you enjoyed this competition and this new experience? Uh, yeah, it is great. Honestly, Leon was the first time I played Mexican team. Uh, and honestly, it was one of the toughest game I've, I've played since I came here. They're like really, really technical, really fast. Uh, so it is, it is really good challenge, and I think Tingers will be even more demanding tomorrow. We watched the video of them, and it's, it's they're really unbelievable team, aggressive. They play one v one all over the field. So. Yeah, we need to be we need to be quick in our brains tomorrow to find fast solutions and to to try to exploit their because they're really open. If we break the first line of pressure, I think we can can have a chance. Back to MLS, this last thing. How good can this team be? It's like you look around the league and you've gone toe to toe. You've won at LAFC. You got a draw with Cincinnati. So some of the favourites for the MLS Cup. With these additions that's come in, it feels that this team team can not only make the playoffs this year but really has a good shot at a run to the MLS Cup. Uh, it is, I feel it too, like uh, especially with the new additions we need to click all together to be on the same page and uh, yeah I just think we need a little bit uh, more sharpness in a tough moment to, especially here when we play, like we have to win all our games here and to improve our game away, like to be like LFC game away, that was an unbelievable game, but then we need a little more consistency because after that we had a bad game in Kansas City, so uh, I think I think this team can do really good things, especially if we make it to the playoffs at, at where you play only one game. I mean, first round now they changed the rule, but yeah, yeah on, on the one game, this team, like, uh, I think I think it can be really good. Well, I looked at the betting odds yesterday and they were 80 to one. So I put 10 bucks on us to win it. So I stand to make 800 bucks. Okay. So hopefully everything yeah, goes you. well. So good luck, glad you've re-signed and yeah, good luck for the rest of the year. Thanks a That's lot. Great. Thanks, Ranko. Ranko Veselinovic chatting about his contract extension. He's he's he loves life in Vancouver. He loves this team. Said that the discussion started a few weeks ago and they moved very quickly because he has had interest elsewhere, but he wants to pledge his future to here. Oh, that's another good thing for a good like good feather in Axel's cap. In that, yeah, if he does move on, the longer your deal is, the more you can get for a player, right? Well, that as well, because so again, that's... if he does continue this ascendancy and gets more national team caps and gets interest from back in Europe, White Caps get a pretty penny. The other thing, I think Vanny deserves at least some credit as well because I think this year he has done a mostly. There's been a few exceptions. Uh, mostly a better job at who he's partnered him with. Yeah, he has. Especially, he, he's especially in the back three. Succeed yes, especially year. especially in the the back threes that he's done uh, recently. I think it's yeah, it's been uh, that's I think helped him, and that's what you want your coach to do. I, I've liked Ranko's attitude as well. There's been after some games where the defense has been bad, or there's they've not marked someone, and it's been poor play or whatever. 
and he, he's been very open and kind of spoken about it. We have to be better. We can't do this. We can't keep doing this. We need to sit down and analyse what's going wrong. And I like that. And he was named vice-captain as well for, mm. for this season as well. So he's a leader on the field and he started to show it. So I'm very glad that he's here. And yeah, let's hope he just continues. I'd still like to see him beside a, an older, more experienced centre-back. I still feel the team needs that. I don't think Blackman's taken the the strides I hoped he would. He's kind of maybe plateaued even a, a little bit this year and taken a bit of a step backwards. Mm. And I do think, like moving forward with these new additions, it looks like it's going to be a three at the back. And I think it's going to be a case of Ranko's in every week and he's going to have some partners rotate in and around about him, which isn't always ideal. But with all these games coming up thick and fast, especially seven on the road and Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, you kind of need to do that. But Ranko's going to be the staple back there. Yeah, I think you're right. But that's like the appetizer. Yes. To this whole window and the the, the how good it's been. Doing some more mimes. Are you eating churros? I, I was eating a steak. Oh, okay. I had, I'd cut it, but you didn't see it because of the oh, yeah. Mike, Mike head. Mike head, that was also a stripper name of mine back in the day when I was with the Chippendales. Yes, they're meat and potatoes. I don't know which one's meat and which one's potatoes. We can sort that those nicknames out later. But two Canadian internationals mm-hmm. coming to Vancouver for one of them. Coming back to Vancouver, Richie Larea, Sam Arikugbe. Now, Axel told us a couple of weeks ago when Gressel left that it wouldn't be to to do my Axel impression now. Oh no. Julian for Julian. He said two starters were targeted. Wing back was one of the positions that he'd mentioned. Didn't really give the indication that it was two wing backs that he was looking at, or two full backs, or two full back wing backs. But he's delivered both. Two players, ironically, we mentioned them in last week's show, and as was pointed out, that we talked about so, them in last week's show about going so- to Turkey. Two signings and a bicycle kick. Yes. We, we were talking about them joining uh, yeah. Besiktas, I think it yeah, was, yeah. was it? Yeah. <laughs> now, Sam has been rumoured for a while that he, he was keen to come back to Canada and the Whitecaps were very, very much interested and it, in the frame to get him. And despite the the the, the level of the rumours, I was still sceptical yeah. that it would, it, would, it would happen. Now, this ties into what we were saying earlier. Like, Sam is coming back to a very different club than oh, he yeah. left. Yeah. And I mean, we, we won't go into everything in the past, but I think it's fair to say Sam felt he should have had more minutes. He had got that injury. Jordan Harvey came in and John Harvey kind of made the position his own. And yeah. Harvey had a good season. And that was kind of why Sam wasn't getting minutes. Now, it's it's how you react to that. And Sam was at that age. He needed to be playing. He had to get minutes. So he had to move on. So he did move on. And, I mean, he had time. Brighton and Hove Albion had a, a mm. loan deal there. Went to Gothenburg. Then signed with Valengra, where he had four seasons, I think it was. 
before going on loan to Galatasaray and then signing with Haytaspor, the, the two Turkish teams. And he's had a great career. And leaving Vancouver when he did was the right thing for Sam to do. Yeah. And it was the best thing for his career development because Sam would not be the player he is now if he yeah. had stayed here. For real, yeah. So I for agree. both parties, that was the best thing. He moved on, he got better, now he's come back to a club that he loves and a club that he does feel that this is his home. He's been here since he was 14, 15. I, I still picture Sam as like a, a teenager. And I when mean, I saw I mean, he was 28, I was like, what? Yeah. We yeah we've been covering him for like fourteen years, dude. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember him playing in the U in the when he first came from Calgary, playing in the U 15s and being like you, you could t some players you can tell right like Alfonso Davies obviously is an exceptional talent right, but when when you were watching those U teams, there were some players you could tell they had what it took yeah talent, talent wise to make to make it through, and he was one of them that you're like okay this dude has it if he can just um continue to channel it or continue to progress or you know deal with the the jump up you know in ages and and then to playing you know against men and whatever but he had the talent like you saw it right away and we uh, yeah it was very very exciting yeah i i always remember a picture that tom took it was one of the first games he shot for us it was mm -hmm. an academy game and it was at half time and Sam and Marco Bustos were coming out and they just posed for him all like fancy <laughs> and stuff. I love that picture. I have to dig that out again. But I, I've always been a big fan of Sam. He's such a nice guy as well, which I know we're bad for factoring that into oh, He's a nice guy. He should play more or whatever. But I think it helps to, to sign players that are likable. Yeah. And we've had some here. Like you look back at the Whitecaps team that played Tigris in 2017, and there's some guys in that, and you're like, guys I'd forgotten about, like Andrew Jacobson, um, Williams was on that Ooh. team as well. <laughs> yeah, let's move on from him. Um, and it's so many players we've had over the years that they were okay, but you maybe didn't warm to them as much as others. Obviously, it helps when it's a Canadian guy, and we've got two mm. of them now. But, I mean, if we keep focusing on Sam to... to well, actually, let, let, let's look at the first signing. We'll go back to Sam. So, on Wednesday, it was announced that Richie Larea was joining on loan. So, although Sam had been rumoured for a while, this Larea thing came out of nowhere. Yeah. No one I've spoken <laughs> to saw this coming. And did you initially think when Larea came in, you're like, okay, that's... They're not going to get yep, Sam. I thought that was instead yeah. of Sam. Yeah. And yeah. then it kind of, I think Richie can put out, oh no, the Adekubi thing is still alive. Yeah. Because Richie can play both sides if you Yeah. Need. So that's why I thought, oh, they'll have that switch in him and Ali. That might be the way that they're going to go. Okay. I, I can take that. I'd have preferred Sam. Um, I know more folk feel Larray is a better player than Adekubi. And I'm maybe <laughs> biased because of Sam's Vancouver connections, but if you offered me the two of them, I'd have taken Sam. Yeah, I think, like, Sam has more more pace, and I think I would worry less about him 
Not that, like Richie's good defensively for sure, but I, well, I definitely worry about him getting less bookings than Maria. Yeah, I but, am. I'm worried he's the new Cava. Uh, hopefully, I just not. have to change my tweets from oh, another booking for Cava scheduled tweet. Yeah. No, I think because uh, these are the kind of players we bring into teams that we build in FIFA with mm. my son, and so like Sam, we always bring in Sam, and he just like like he's our number one left back because we're we start kind of you know third division germany work our way up um but sam grows with the team and like you know drags the team forward um uh, and richie is uh doesn't he doesn't quite have, he's not quite as fast as sam if i remember correctly uh but he i feel like he maybe actually has maybe better numbers on the offensive side of the ball than sam yeah, I think um, he, he with, with the assists does, yeah. and you know that the dribble number that they put out, like the, the the top five in MLS in the last three or four years in terms of taking players on and winning or whatever. Well, it's that thing that I always criticize Jake Nowinski for. He just Who? didn't <laughs> remember Jake Harris' no, favorite player. I don't. He never got the assists that I wanted from a right back and that you need from a right back or a wing back. And then you see the stuff that Gressel produced this year. And yeah. you look back to like YP Lee and the stuff that he produced and Beta Shoe and guys like that. Yeah. So with Lorea on that right side, we've got that now. And Gressel did it playing from what we playing right back and or like right wing back and yeah. central midfielder at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> the the other thing with Lorea, like just going back to the booking side of it, what he is good at is like he does flare up quite easily and gets embroiled and stuff that he maybe doesn't need to. He's, he's very passionate. He's very passionate. Yeah. and defensive of his teammates. Yes. I think is the next yes. way to say it. But he he's also good at knowing how far to push it. Yes. So that those yellows don't turn into reds. Yeah. And I think that um, was unlike, always Kava's issue. Exactly. Unlike Kava. Yeah. The other thing is, I'm I'm excited, obviously, because we know Sam, and hopefully at some point I'll have the opportunity to cross cross paths with him. But um, I don't know Larea super well, but um, I got this in, in Doha uh, for the Belgium game. I got to watch it shoulder to shoulder with his brother Reggie, and uh, and his son Elijah was hanging out with us, and his wife was, was uh, a row or two in front of us or whatever. And yeah, so hoping to connect with him and his family at some point as well too, because uh, yeah. Just talking some, just some of, fun memories. Talking of Elijah's, oh. you, you did slag off Sam's brother at I, that recent game, saying that he I was did not, not the best at rugby. I did not say that. Someone else did. It's like you knew this was going to happen. No, I didn't know this was going <laughs> to happen, but I was not. Yeah. The thing with Larea that I like as well is he's got this MLS experience. And officially, he's come in on loan from Nottingham Forest, but obviously, he was most recently at loan with TFC. I thought he would have gone back to TFC. Now, he had three appearances at the World Cup in Qatar. He was fifth amongst MLS defenders and dribbles completed since 2019. Not quite sure why that was a start that was thrown up there. And he's had 218 career appearances for club and country. Now, the thinking is, and Axel, we're going to hear from Axel in a bit, he, he confirmed that they had tried to, to make this a permanent deal. But as of right now, they weren't able to get that done. But because time was of the essence, they've gone for the loan deal just now to the end of December. But it would appear that the plan looks to be they're going to make Forrest an offer to buy him 
make it permanent, have him here to the end of 2026-2027. And you have to think, if they do that, he's going to come in either as a designated player or a very, very high TAM player. Yeah. Surely yeah. that's the only way that can work. That is like one of the only things that I've, has, I've kind of felt has concerned people about this is the is the DP tag on a like 28, 29-year-old uh, Canadian fullback. So, I mean, uh, well, I guess he has like, you know, half a year or less than half a year to prove that he's worth yes. that, that money. Or sure whatever. is worth. So well, hopefully it works out because it feels like they're bringing in a dynamic duel for either flank or potentially if uh, I, I could see Vanny saying I want inverted fullbacks uh, or wingbacks or whatever. Um, it, it would it would be uh, unfortunate to lose one of them after, you know, only a, a short loan spell. Yeah. Well, at least Sam is tied up, comes home from Turkey for what's rumoured to be, or I don't know if it was confirmed in the end, a million dollar fee. Now, when the Lorea news broke and then the Sam one was confirmed, it was like Christmas had come early. It was just fantastic business. Sam is signed through 2026 with a 2027 option. Axel has said it was a hard negotiation to get done. Hatespoor really played hardball in this. But as we'll hear in a sec from Axel, the pleasing thing is Axel said he didn't feel rushed into doing this because they had Lorea. So it's like, if they couldn't get it done now and they had to wait till the next window or they lost it, then so be it. They wanted to get it done. And in the end, they weren't going to pay over the odds for it. And they were the ones that struck the good deal to, to get this over the line. So, again, fantastic stuff from Axel. The Whitecaps are getting back a much more rounded player. The one million price tag seems really low, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, I might be wrong. But, I mean, Sam made it clear that he wanted to, to come back to, to Canada. Understandable. You, you've been through an earthquake. You've been through hell. You've had a teammate that's died. You've had club personnel that's died. And it just it makes you just evaluate life differently. Yeah. Did you see his like thank you tweet? Yeah, the, I yeah. thought I was very, very moving and... I mean, I just can't imagine what that was like for for him to go through at that time. And it, it just, I mean, you hear stuff that goes on overseas, like you've heard all Toss's stuff, mm -hmm. of all the hassles that he's had, and then the, this is something completely different. So he wanted to come back to Canada. He's come back home, 251 career appearances for club and country. He won the Turkish Super League with Galatasaray, he's played in a World Cup. What a pair of signings. Yeah. But how will John Herdman view this, do you, you feel? Because he's pushing well, uh, guys to be in we, Europe, and now two of his defensive core have come back to MLS. So we, we talked about the previous show, and we, we essentially said we don't think he'll be super excited about this, or based on his previous comments, he won't be super excited about this. It'll be interesting to see if he says anything different. Mm. Um, in a one sense, I, uh, like, yeah, I'm a little bit sad that Sam's, at least for now, ending his European adventures, because I was hoping he was going to go on some more, because I feel like he made enough of a contribution to Galatasaray to 
earn another shot somewhere else. But yeah, for all the things you said, uh, and maybe just based on what he was being offered other other places, this was the the best move for him at this moment. So I could respect that. Well, th- this is something else which we'll play with Axel. Axel revealed that if he had stayed on in Turkey to the end of the year, he would actually have made more money than coming back now to Vancouver. Now, next year, he's going to be in a, a much different deal and he's going to be making a lot more money. But he actually took a pay cut for the rest of this year so that he could, he could come back now. Oh, wow. So, I mean, that shows you he just wanted to, uh, to come back. And in a different way with Lorea, I just am still a little bit, like I said to you, I think, in, in messaging, just a sad that he wasn't able to make the breakthrough in Europe you know, after his yeah, PTSD. as it turned out, it was the worst team he could have gone to because they just went out and re-signed a whole new squad when they they got promoted. Yeah. So he he played his part, a little part, in helping them get there. But then he's clearly not somebody that's in their plan. So it, it's the best thing for him. But it's two great signs for the Whitecaps. Glad to have them both here. Fantastic stuff for Vanny. Let's just hear a little bit from Vanny now, just talking about these two additions. No, yeah, you know, it's uh, when we approached the uh, the transfer window at the beginning, we talk about say that we didn't quote unquote need players. We wanted players in order to quality players to improve the the roster and to have uh, guys that can really help us make the the next step. And, you know, we signed uh, uh, two Canadian national team players. Uh, two guys that can immediately have an impact on the team. Uh, the team is uh, going f- towards, like you've seen guys in the last games, playing mainly, I don't want to say, like we, we want to be kind of, uh, I would say, deciding how to play in terms of system if with the... Uh, for three to one or with the three five two, I would say the constance is going to be that we need three midfielders in the middle. But uh, so Sam and, and Richie are player that can be, play both fullback or wingback. So especially if we decide to play with wingback at the moment, we have only Ryan Raposo as a natural wingback and Ali that is coming back from from an injury a month off. So in the last game we had to play Sebastian or Levante that are not probably they did very well, but it's not their natural position. So having two options of high quality now in that position can allow those players to get back to their position where they can be in their best, uh, quote-unquote, uh, qualities and also having us the players that can help us to raise the level of the team. Okay, I'm with you. Obviously, the new signings, uh back to Sam and Richie. How do you feel that just, you know, of course, improves your, your chances at MLS Cup? And where do you feel, the, you know, those signings kind of reflect of the intention of, the, of this team to, to push for, for silverware? Yeah, uh, I think uh, the, the the club, uh, uh, i for the, my tenure as a head coach, so the last two years. That's what we've done for the last two years, try to improve uh, the team with not with flashy players, but with players that are... Uh, functional to the technical project that we have here and players that can adapt immediately. So having two guys that knows MLS very well, Richie always played in MLS basically till a month ago, and some that played here and and uh, uh, um, they're guys that uh, they can 
immediately have an impact for the team is really important and is, I think it witnesses the, 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 the way that uh, we work uh, or I would say the front office work, the guys in the, the scouting department, the guys in the front office, Axel, Queen and, and all the people that were involved in the, in, in the transfer, in the fact that uh, uh, we don't do things just for doing things, but we do things when we think that the things that are, are functional to improve the team. How does it put us in a hypothetical standings at the moment, I don't know. I have I have no idea. I think that uh, uh, having these two options more uh, will help a lot uh, our chance to first try to secure the playoff and then having players like this that are used to fighting for titles. Uh, Sam just won the Turkish title with Galatasaray. Uh, Richie played a lot uh, even when... Toronto was uh, playing, was on the top of the league. And, uh, you know, they, they fight games with national team in order to qualify for the World Cup, Gold Cup and everything. It will help also a lot when we have to play um, playoff games, hopefully. He's the gaffer. So Vanny Sartini there chatting about the additions of Richie Larea and Sam Arikugbe. Both players, 28 years old, so they're bringing a wealth of experience to the team. Always good to have. And a good age, I feel as well, for, for bringing veteran players in. Both of them as well give Vanny that flexibility that he can go with three at the back, with two wing backs, or he can go four at the back if he wants and I think that's something that's going to appeal to the Whitecaps that they've got that flexibility maybe spring a few surprises on the opposition the pace of them the link up opportunities with like Ali Ahmed and Ryan Gold it's mouth watering stuff and definitely the best transfer window in the Whitecaps era Axel as we've said deserves a lot of credit Gonna bring you some audio now from Axel Schuster, just talking about these signings, what it means to the club, just to, to get this done, and just how important these additions are to what they're wanting to achieve here. Here's Axel S. So, Axel, you've been very busy man over the, the last couple of days. I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say this is maybe the best and most important transfer window in the club's MLS era with what you've moved out, what's come in. What was behind these two additions? What made you want to add Sam and Richie to this roster? And how easy was it to get these deals done? Not easy, but... Um in some form, then also easy. Look, uh, we have been together after we had to make the decision and let Julian go. I think we had a media round actually here, and I explained to you that there have been reasons why we had to do this deal now um, to to bring us in the best possible position to to also be able to replace Julian. And I said to you that uh, we don't plan to re- replace Julian with Julian. We actually. 
I think I actually said that that day that we plan to replace Julian with two players. I said within the next six months, so that everything that we got everything over the line now already in this window is uh, is something that also I was not seeing coming. Um, but um, uh, the idea was at that point already to to uh, to go for those two. Um, the idea was already at that point um, to not replace uh, Julian with a central midfielder, as we feel very comfortable with the development of Pedro in the in the role of a number eight, as well as Ali playing as a number eight. So we have a lot of options there uh, with with Schöpfi and Zepp Berhalter as well. And um, then the idea was to give Vanny and the, the coaching staff more flexibility. Um, about various systems we can play, what we have done over the last weeks, what also has made us successful. And um, for that, we had to strengthen our wide positions, um, ideally with players that can play wing-back. And there is one problem with the wing-back position. Uh, it's an amazing system, played very successfully also in this league and in, in other top leagues, it's no player grows up as a wing-back. You're either a, a full-back or a winger. And it's uh, there are very few profiles where you would say, okay, they combine all the best of of, of uh, what you need for a wing back. Uh, very often you have somebody who is more coming from the offensive side or more from the defensive side, with with then some limitations on the other side. Those two guys are the perfect profile for a wing back position, and uh, that was the reason why we put the bar high and we were trying to to get both and. I think why it was easy, I, it was easy because of what I also said before, we didn't felt rushed into a deal. We didn't felt like we need urgently to do a deal. Our team has performed very, very well last Friday, for example, against a top team in CONCACAF uh, without any new signings. Uh, we, have got a result, we have got results without those players, um, uh, with, without Daiba, without Julian, um, also during the Gold Cup. So we also had a little bit of a position of strength. So to go into the negotiations and not really um, in the need of accepting maybe a deal that isn't the right one for us. And that's the reason why it took until the, really the last minute, because we had to play it out. We had to play out our cards until the last minute. We really had to wait and we had to, to use the deadline in our advantage. Sometimes the deadline is in your disadvantage and you have to get a deal done and then you have to accept something that you haven't been comfortable with before, you didn't want it to do. This time it was the other way and for that reason it was also easy at the end um, and and it was only possible at the last day because if you would have, I tell you, wow, now with all the signings in our cap, we have a remaining amount. Quinn Thompson, who actually was very, very helpful and is a very important member of my staff who helped to make all of that possible and who is managing the cap from morning to evening and is an expert and has different, very complicated Excel sheets that are where the numbers automatically changing if you do something on the left side. So he just told me the remaining money we have is 27000 So we're not signing a player with that, too, by the way. So... Um, um, said that, um, we really had to wait until the last minute to, if we wanted to give up 100k more on, in this deal, the other day it would not have happened. So, and said that, so very happy. And um, also, um, I'm, I'm, 
I don't, I wouldn't say proud, but I'm happy is probably the right word where we are with this club right now. That um, we are in a position to to have strength in negotiations, and on the other side, that we can convince such players to come to us. And they had other choices. It was also a very interesting situation, especially with Richie, because he was a free agent. So it was the first time ever since I'm in MLS that. It was a player that we tried to sign where you actually had also to uh, to fight. It's maybe not it's too strong of a word, but uh, to compete is the right word. To compete with other MLS clubs. It's uh, Normally that, that never happens. Normally you're never competing with other MLS clubs because you have uh, protections, um, discovery rights and things like that. And we had to convince players. And um, So I'm also very happy that we are at the point as a club... Um, that we attract players and they say, no, I want to be part of that project. I want to play with this team. I, I like how this team plays. I like where this club is. I like the chances this club still has in this season. And I want to be there. You moved uh, Diber Caicedo on, on loan as well. So he's gone out. After the Julian deal, you'd mentioned that there was two players you were looking to bring in. I, I take it we can take it that these were the two players or is there... I know you've said there's not much money left, but is there a wiggle room to move another player out to maybe bring a, a free agent in or a trade within the league before that finally closes? No, um, I don't think that we can trade a player in the league because uh, for us, um, there's a, more or less every player that we trade for is an international transfer. International transfers other than free agents are completely impossible. Um, but look, we... yeah. Other, other transfer windows are open and the transfer window is it's only for the acquiring club important. So and, and in a lot of markets, transfer windows are open. There might be also with the new moves players coming and, and knocking at my door. Um, we are not, we are not, um, we're not uh, shopping any of our players. So we, we are feeling really good about this group, about the energy in the group. We see... Um, and I think that's also something special about this group that um, even players that haven't played in a while or players that ha have gone through hard times can can uh, can help us in 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 moments where we need them. Um, in uh, in Los Angeles, um, Karifa had to get onto the pitch and he did really well. And the level of of our training and in competition in trainings has also increased a lot with the players that we have brought in and with the way we play. So those players also get challenged. MLS Next Pro is also an important piece here, helps the players to, to stay in competition mood. So we want to be prepared for every scenario. So if we, if we would um, do something, we always probably would uh, also look into, into how we fill a gap because I think I feel really good about the group and I think that every player is important in this group moving forward. We play uh, seven games on the road, I think, in a row. Um, some of them, like Wednesday, uh, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, with trips to, to Toronto and Houston and into the altitude of Colorado. And we will need every, every legs because the way we play is very demanding. The way we play, it's uh, it's it's. It's 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 made for rotation, and so there will be there will be minutes for every player in this roster. Axel, you mentioned a little bit there uh, before that you were happy to see that you could convince players to come and buy into this project. Uh, 
a lot of people were turning their heads at these signings. It, how do these statement signings sort of fit in with your philosophy that you have here at the club? You've mentioned before that you don't want to, or Vanny mentioned before that the philosophy is not about buying flashy players, but more functional players that fit the system. This seems like it fits both of them. Is that the kind of way that you want to move forward as well, being able to kind of have a balance between statement signings and functional signings? You already gave the answer. Those fit both. Actually, that's a perfect solution. No, um, yes, we 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 want to set up this club and this team and our performance in a way that the the, the combination of the LDF and players and how they work together on the pitch makes us successful. That is not about one individual player, that we don't depend on one player, that we don't depend on one big signing and then the player is not in a good shape, mood, form or injured and then everything drops. Uh, We want to be that team that um, um, also promotes young players and helps them to do the next step and give them, I would say, a safe structure and that they can grow. To do this, you, you need also the right role models and uh, I think we have with Andres Kubas and Ryan Gold two of them uh, who are DPs and I, I think they lead by example on the pitch with their work ethic and, and what they put onto the pitch and how humble they play and um, and I, I think the ideal players of our Canadian national team for, for this that we could get, there are more but for, are those two because both of them are hard-working guys, guys that that um, are leading by example on the pitch. They are doing every single sprint that is necessary, back and forth. Um, but they are also two guys that have grown a lot over the years and, and, and are a voice in the locker room, a leader in the locker room, guys that keep their head up in, on the pitch in difficult moments and, and are not shy of then taking responsibility, getting the ball and, and doing something actively to, to, to help their teammates. Um, and uh, as we also want to always to, to be seen as a Canadian club, a ca- club that cares about the Canadian soccer landscape. We have academy centers from east to west coast and uh, we, we, we continue to pro- try to promote Canadians. It's, I think it was also very important for us to, to have... Uh, players that people in Canada, young players in Canada, can identify with. And I'm not saying they cannot identify with Andres Kubers. For sure you can. I, I think everyone loves the guy. But if it is a Canadian national team player, it's on a different, in, a, in, a, in a different way, uh, uh, a different level um, uh, of, of uh, identification that you can have with a player. Axel, I just want to ask about Richie because you know he's coming in on loan for now. Just curious, how confident do you feel that you can maybe make the the loan permanent once it's over? And of course, where do you think that might fit in with all the math, with potentially him being a DP, uh, as was reported? If that might make sense for uh, the club. Look, uh, we were looking at every single scenario, so we were actually also um, working on a model where we would have. Um, already committed to to buy him and keep him in the club for a long time, long period. Um, actually, we were really a li- little bit running out of time, and it wasn't him. It wasn't him. It was more the the negotiations that also had to happen with his club. So at some point, we said, "Look, okay, let's let's um, um, secure first that we have him here, and continue to work on on the long term." 
um, deal and, and on the solution to get that done. So what was reported, I haven't read everything that was reported. As far as it was reported that we want to keep him here and that we are open to do this and that we have already looked in different scenarios how we can do this, it's true. But I would not say that we are already there to have the final scenario. Um, but yes, we have also made an offer um, to him and his club that would have meant, let's say it this way, that he would uh, that he stays here until end of 2027 for sure. And we will continue to work on, on a solution on that. And, and with Sam, where will Sam fit in on the payroll ranking for, for you guys? Because obviously he wouldn't be a cheap acquisition. No, he's not a cheap acquisition, but, but Julian was, was also not a cheap player. So um, he actually exactly fits into Julian's spot. More or less, so um, that's that wasn't. Um, I think uh, the combination made it complicated, but Samit himself um, was uh, was not too complicated. Although I have to say, to make it possible at the end, Sam has accepted a deal that uh, is probably a little bit below for the next few months than what he would have received in in Turkey if he would have stayed there. But um, it also proved to us how how much he is into it to come back and to play here, um, to give up a little bit on a few dollars there. Um, but I think in long long term, it's a, it's a very good feel for him. Um, I would say more or less exactly the deal that we had on the table for Julian. So Axel there, Zach, just delighted to get these deals done. And I think we've said everything for now that we need to, to say about them. We'll, we'll get some chats. Richie and Sam are going to be introduced to media this week, I think on Wednesday. Sam has arrived. I believe Richie's here as well. The Whitecaps put a video out of Sam. Nice to see that smile of Sam at the end of the video as well. It's He's always... Just, when, when I picture Sam... I just picture him with a smile on his face because that's how yeah. he's played his football a lot. And I know yeah. his time here the last time soured it a little bit and he maybe wasn't smiling as much. No. But yeah, at the end he wasn't. Yeah. Just two fantastic signings. And Axel mentioned there's only 27,000 left in the cap to spare. So no one else is coming in as a free unless they move some people on, which they could. Javane Brown is a guy that you feel he might be questioning what his role is now because Axel said maybe some players will come knocking on my door and, and have discussions now with me. He's got to be a guy you think could move on. Louis Martins, could he be a guy that maybe moves on as well? So, I mean, that's two guys that if you move them on, free a little bit of cap space, you could maybe bring in a free agent. But it sounds like it's maybe this is it done. Axel feels he wants to keep everyone that he's got. He's going to need the full squad for this tough spell of road games coming up. It's kind of it's agonising in a way as well that we've got these additions, exciting additions, but we don't have a lot of home games and we're going to be on the road not seeing them for a while. Whereas BC Plays is an ideal pitch as well to have these two guys tearing up the wing. But let's just hope they can light it up on the road anyway. I think there are a number of teams in the Western Conference who are concerned. I mean, Vanny said 
after the, the, the Tigris game at the press conference. And he said this on the radio as well. If the Whitecaps do not make the playoffs, I'll do my, my Vanny impression now. It's a crime to football. Oh my. Was his exact words. Or I can dig out my little cartoon that I had from before. It's an injustice. It's what he should have said. But it is. This is a team now that surely has to be playoff bound. You'd think, for sure. Everything's going right for the Whitecaps. That is it, though, for the Whitecaps chat. We're going to turn our attention to the Women's World Cup next. It's been another exciting week down under. Hey, I am Axel Schuster, and I'm listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I'm Mike Balls, you might know me from soccer violence or being an MC in the GLC. Getting respect since 1983 and I'm still getting wrecked. The shit's hit the fan, I've got a new plan because I owe money to my dealer and the tax man. So I put it on Facebook, I took my last breath. I'm Mike Balls, gonna fake my own death. Mike Balls just died. Nowhere to hide, his only cause of action was pseudocide. At the funeral, everybody cried, remembering how much he liked his bacon fry. People got high, people got pissed, talking about how much Mike would be missed. But Mike was at home in his living room, watching his own funeral live on Zoom. People smoking weed as a mark of respect, and we had his favorite tunes playing on the deck. Yeah, the wait was a bloody, even though a sad time. Then Mike texted me to meet him for a fat line. They said he died after getting a rash, then two days later, he's out on the lash. Given his last rites by a priest It's the third time Mike's been declared deceased Mike Balls just died this morning Now I freak people out when they see me Cause they think that I'm a fucking zombie I rip my clothes, put makeup on my head I look like an actor from The Walking Dead Where's Mike? People spreading rumours He's last seen buying cheese and chips and boomers From coast to coast on a Facebook post People keep seeing Mike Balls ghost Went to Chepstow cause I'm in hiding Am I coming back while well, I'm still deciding Cause life's quite nice now I passed away There's loads of bills I don't have to pay And I started a fund on the internet To pay for the funeral and my debt Look it up, it's on Just Giving I'm Mike Balls and this is how I'm living Mike Balls just died this morning And he's dead Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And we're keeping the rap theme going, Zach. To kick off this part, it's our old favourites, friends of the show, from Newport in Wales, Goldie Looking Chain, with a song from their 25th album, <laughs> released this year, Mike Ball's Boutique, and that was Mike Ball's is Dead. He's, he's not... And uh, as the lyrics in the song go, we don't encourage faking your own death on this show to avoid mm. debt. Important to... Yeah, we'll just, we'll just stress that. Do you know what else is dead? Do? Yep. America's hopes of making it the three-peat <laughs> in the Women's World Cup. For oh, real. Such a, such a relief. It's like you think this week can't get any better, and it just does. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't sleep last night, so I had the I had the game on, and uh, I uh, fell asleep like a baby at the end of that shoot. Ah, uh, I 
had tried to avoid the result, but I I genuinely thought America were going to get beat. So I was hoping. My routine when I wake up in the morning, I I read BBC News, I read The Guardian. So I thought, even if America have got beat, there's a war going on. There's stuff happening in Africa. There's floods and fires. It's not going to be one of the top stories. Second story on The Guardian, and it spoiled it. But in a way, it didn't. Because it meant I didn't have to watch 120 minutes. I just went straight to the penalty shootout. But what? what, what? You you missed all the heroics from the Swedish keeper. She was quite amazing in the match. Oh, yeah. Actually, I haven't seen any of the 120 minutes. But I did read that she'd pulled off string after string of saves and that America were dominant in in the game. And they really should have won it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, they should have. They should have. But again, the world is very happy they didn't. Yeah. But we'll we'll come back to that in a sec because, I mean, I I said last week this has been the most enjoyable Women's World Cup that I've watched and it's just been absolutely fantastic drama this week. Some fantastic games, some great goals, some great individual performances and, oh, I mean, some of the top teams crashing out. Brazil were out. It's going to be Marta's last World Cup. Your German girls, Zach, when I, I knew you were going to want to talk about this. Yeah. Oh, I mean, is is this the worst thing that's happened to German women since the Wehrmacht Helferin were disbanded in 1945? Oh my God. It yeah, it's pretty shocking. It, it feels a little bit like uh, 2018 for the men, where you would have never <laughs> never given them odds to go out of a group like that. No. Well, not um, when you saw it. Yeah, you see the group that they're in, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. So, yeah, it's. Uh, but that was a group that the, I had Germany top and Korea second, <laughs> and neither right. of them was going neither through. Them went through. Yeah, the Morocco. I mean, we smashed Morocco. Like, yeah, like, that's what even makes Morocco. it crazier. Six nil, yeah. and they go through instead of Germany. Yeah, uh, Pop again had a. A good like a respectable tournament right scoring a bunch of goals but she had the goal you see the goal she had called back was it, it was for offside i think yeah it was for offside and it was very tight i yeah i i can't remember if i actually saw the line image but it was very what, was it as tight as the millimeter of the ball crossing the line <laughs> in a penalty shoot I, again that, we'll come back to that <laughs> that, that was incredible that was that was that tighter than the japan at the men's world cup the ball in, ball That's out. That's a good question. They I guess were the, the ball very was similar. The ball was in, so it was in a sliver. This was out over the line of sliver. If Canadian fans don't have an image of that on a T-shirt by the end of this weekend, <laughs> I, I would buy that gladly. That would be a fantastic T-shirt to have. Yeah, that's, it was quite a moment. But I mean, the, the, oh, the group stages were like just so dramatic. I mean, we covered obviously... Australia and Canada in the last show and it just continued this week and you've got the gap that's just it's closing so much and it's fantastic to see it it genuinely is great and yeah I know you're hurting that Germany's out but for like Colombia I, I didn't actually know that Colombia were South American champions Felipe the the Colombian as I, I believe you call him now you refuse <laughs> no. to call him Felipe? No, I'm happy to call him Felipe. Yeah, he pointed out that they were South American champions, which I, I didn't know. Actually, just talking uh, about Felipe, 
glad to let you know there was no churros that I saw that he consumed. He oh, did good. inhale some oh, chicken strips and fries quicker than anyone I have ever seen in between the two League One games uh, on, on Saturday. So he's actually, he's, we won't be able to have him on the show for a bit because he, he's, he's going to be in Greece. Big John oh. Travolta fan. Oh. <laughs> actually, you... looking at his dietary habit, he's, he's been in Greece for a while. Oh, Michael, that's... I wonder. I wonder if uh, Fleabe has ever dressed up as uh, what's his name from Greece for like Halloween. Squiggy. Is that what? No, but, but, but was Squiggy in Greece or was Squiggy in Laverne and Shirley? Oh, Michael, I, you're asking the wrong person. Well, I know we're into my era now. I'm so old. You are much older than me. I always forget that. Yeah. Anyway, do you know what doesn't get old? Talking about America going out of the women's world cup. Oh, yeah. There, I've got us back on track. I mean, the Yanks survived the group stages by the width of a post. And they, that and Portuguese they, shot, I was off my seat. I was like, oh! And then they celebrated it almost like they won another World Cup. Did you yeah. see Carly Lloyd, Carly Lloyd have a go at them? Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's like, she was very vocal when she played. She's continued it. Yeah, I've I heard some people say that she's that's just who she is. Like, she... Like an ultra competitor, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, she's just not wrong. No, no. No, not at and, all. And it, it's it's like, it, like in all seriousness, it is the ultra competitiveness that got them to be the the giants that they were in the, in the women's game by not easing up and banging the goals in against minnows and then being criticised for it and stuff. It is that, that competitive spirit and that, look, we're just going to crush everyone. Yeah, that Canada could do with getting a bit of that, just maybe less obnoxious. Yeah. But the other hilarious thing was they had set the kickoff times based on America going through as top of the group and all oh, this yes. stuff. And now they had, America had a shitty kickoff time and the Netherlands had a shitty kickoff time. <laughs> Whereas it was meant to have been the other way about. Yeah. But... I mean, if we just that Sweden game today in the penalty shootout, not not only like losing it and having what was it three Americans missed kicks in the end. Is it three? Yeah, it's three. And uh, of course, everyone's favourite, Megan. Oh, Megan, Megan Rapino. Um, it was it was it was a special moment, right? Because um, I mean, Megan Rapino, she's always about giving back, you know, <laughs> and investing, in, investing in the future generations of the game, and uh, she did that once again. She she had an, um, a young up and coming American player following in her footsteps. You know, she blasted over the bar, and then she was followed up by Sophia Smith blasting not quite over, but kind of wide of the of the net. I mean, it's. It, it's just so nice of her to pass yeah. that on to the next generation. Yeah, and she was like all smiles and giggles after. after yeah, that as well, I did not get that. The most bizarre thing in the world. I think she. I think she's. Is she is it that she's so cocky that she thought, "Oh, we're still going to win." Like I don't get it. It, just, I, it looks so bad. But like, like I can't he, imagine. I haven't I, watched, but I can't imagine what Carly Lloyd would say about that. At the final whistle as well on the pitch, though, she was like laughing and stuff, and it's, it's as if it, I think it was just shock and disbelief. That they'd lost and that they were out. Yeah, but it, it it almost like looks like it doesn't matter to her because she's done it a couple of times. You know, I don't know. 
Megan Rapino is a very polarizing character, right? And I don't know the things I've heard and the things that I've read and that she, that they've heard her, that come out of her mouth over the years are yeah I yeah I mean I, I've never been a fan of hers no. and it's it's when it's a play like that that misses it's like yeah that's that's quite good yeah I, they had the chance to win it though because Sweden had missed and you think oh it's all over yeah but no. Wait, are you talking about that was Sophia Smith then missed, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Swedish girl had missed, and then it's like America had the kick to go through right. in, the, in the first five, and then missed. Yeah. The worst penalty, well, I mean, not worse, but that Kelly O'Hara one was also absolutely like, shambolic. Oh, is that the, the one that missed completely the goal? No, that was the one that hit the post that was the post. ultimate. Oh, oh yes, because she was so casual. Yeah. It, yeah, even the yeah, what, yeah the one that missed the, it was the Swedish girl that completely blasted it wide. That was the one I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, that was just such a casual kick. It was it was not good. The decisive penalty then. Oh, hurting about that. I mean, it's hit. It's saved. It goes up off the crossbar. It comes back down. It's palmed off the line. She was adamant. It was palmed off the line. Yeah. It was a very quick decision, I thought. The commentators were like, oh, it seemed to take an age. I actually thought it was it was quite quick. I was yeah, pleased so it was I. quick. I mean, if you're a player on the field, maybe it felt like a long time, but yeah. yeah. And then you saw the graphic. The phrase I would normally use is, it's a ball here. Maybe not appropriate for the Women's World Cup. I was trying to think of an no, alternative. No, no. no, no. We'll, we'll move on. It was very oh. close to being on the line. Vlatko afterwards says, I've seen the picture. I still don't believe it was over the line. The coach? Yeah. Uh, then he should probably get some glasses or yeah. something. Should have gone to Specsavers, as the ad in the UK is. And of course, Specsavers are here now. Try to get That's... a sponsorship deal. In, but... That would be nice. Yeah. Who's your money on now to win it? It has to be Japan. But I mean, look at when you look at the next round. There's some. I mean, obviously, half of it's. But when we're recording, half of it's not determined, right? But well, yes. Spain Netherlands is going to be a, a great game, I think, because they're both yeah. very good. Uh, you know, tech, uh, technical and, uh, and yeah. Five. I was talking to Alex about this. I watched that Spain game, and the movement from Spain was absolutely phenomenal. And like you know how over the years on the show we've said watching the Whitecaps games in MLS, it's felt like we're in a different league when you see some of these other teams playing in MLS and how they move the ball about yeah. and everything. Watching some of these teams at the World Cup, Canada's so dropped off that. Yeah. It's yeah, like you, you see Sp Spain moving the ball around and how quick and everything, and it's like Canada's just not been doing that. Yeah, no, the, I mean, the technical skill level continues to go up around the world and is it's concerning, which is why we need a women's league Yeah, um, in the long run. But that's that's going to be something that takes uh, a generation to produce the, the quality, yeah. the quality that's and, needed. And as we do that, everyone else is either closing Continued. the gap or overtaking as the, yeah. some of the countries now are. 
I mean, I, I think Spain's in with a good chance. Japan's in with a good chance. Spain, so Spain, 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 Holland's going to be, an, I think, an incredible game to 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 watch. The other quarterfinal that is determined, right, is Japan, Sweden, right? And Japan yes. has been great. They laid a, a beating on Spain. It was yeah. Like I, think of, I think they I think they'll beat form. Sweden as well. I know Sweden's third in the world, but I I think Japan just now just look. Japan had one bad. Uh, yeah. See, also Japan's uh, proof that you don't need to take a long time to do a rebuild because they were quite dominant, like uh, whatever eight years ago or whatever it was. Yeah, and then and they then, got to the final in twenty fifteen. Yeah, they're twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. They weren't great, and then now they're back yeah. with a bang. Yeah. So, but that game, I, think, I think I think that game is going to be well. It's going to be really good because if if sweden like the sort of with americans their keeper can play well and they can kind of hold them a bit um i think one of sweden's most deadly things in this tournament has been from set pieces they have a significant uh i don't know if it's height advantage but they have height to their players and they are very good in the air they score I've, i can't remember the number uh, but i've seen them score like i feel like three or four goals you know from set plays alone uh, where they just are dominant in the air. I think it was the one game where they, I think they scored an identical goal from a from a quarter. <laughs> so like, was this a replay of, of the first one? And, and the USA obviously did did well to, um, you know, did well to to limit them in that. I don't know that Japan has the players to 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 do that. Yeah, it, it's been a good tournament. Looking forward yeah. to what's to come this week. That's pretty much it for the the football chat. Of course, we will finish by bringing you this week's Wavelength. And I, I've gone for something a little bit different. I've gone for a song by a comedian. He's a, an English comedian from Liverpool. And th this one's kind of for you, Zach, with Germany going out. So I've, it's a World Cup song that was brought out in 2006 for, for the German World Cup. Now, Stan Boardman, he's 85 years old now. He was a promising footballer back in the day. He had trials with Liverpool and with Tranmere Rovers. And he was on TV a lot in the 70s and, and 80s, Zach. And as you can imagine, in the 70s, humour was very different back when I was a lad. And he always talked about the Fokker pilots because oh, yeah. he had a Liverpool accent. So he was like, oh, I saw this big Fokker in the plane and stuff like that so anyway here is stan boardman's 2006 world cup song oh we're all going to jimmy for the cup oh we're all going to jimmy for the cup oh we're all going to jimmy all going to jimmy all going to jimmy for the cup Singing I I yippee yippee I Singing I I yippee yippee I Singing I I yippee The Germans found that chippy I I yippee yippee I Some of us are going on the plane Others from Dover on the train a few of us with women, the rest of us are swimming, but we're all gonna get there just the same. We'll be drinking German lager in the pubs. We'll be dancing and singing in the clubs. 
And there's 40 lads from Heighton Who said they won't be fighting So there won't be any need for boxing gloves Singing aye aye yippee The Germans bombed our chippy Aye aye yippee yippee aye Frank Fit Munich and Berlin We haven't got a ticket to get in So we'll take a pick and shovel And dig a massive tunnel And smuggle through inside a wheelie bin <laughs> Can I get Rooney and Gerard? These lads are tough and very hard And when they're in a battle They won't shake a tattle And they won't get a red or yellow card Taking lots of banners and some flags There'll be 30 lads with asbos wearing tags And when it's all over We'll be heading back to Dover So don't forget the 30,000 fags <laughs> Stan Boardman, Stan's World Cup song from 2006 there, Zach. Did, did you like that one? Singing aye, aye, yippee, the Germans bombed our chippy. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's okay. The Germans had the last laugh, 2010. Frank Lampard's goal, still one of my all-time favourite World Cup moments. Obviously behind Diego Maradona's handball. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that is it for the show. Just before we go, any final thoughts on you? Anything funny caught your eye this week? And where can folk find you online or in uh, real you, life? Yeah, you can find me online at Zachary AM. You can find me uh, in real life roaming the Fraser Eagle's Rock. Nest. Um, well, I've just seen another replay of, of Rubino missing. <laughs> <laughs> what is it on repeat in Sports Center? <laughs> It's just for laughs, 2023. So bad. Um, no, um, no. I'm actually. I'm gonna go back to the last week's show and just. Uh, uh, well, I think it's tied into something from last week's show. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I want to give out a shout out to a person. Um, we talked last week about how well um, Isaac Bomer played in the the mm. League's Cup game away to the LA Galaxy, mm-hmm. and. So I just want to give a shout out to um, uh, Reagan Hall, uh, who oh, yeah. who is someone who uh, is 
worked for so long uh, and so much with uh, the the Whitecaps uh, goalkeepers to help develop them, help them improve, to challenge them. I don't know. I, I've lost track. I think he's with WFC too, right? That's his primary. Do you know, I've lost track as well. I think he's got a hand in the academy still as well. Yeah. Because like, the, the goalkeeper for the Caps in the League One final, Cohen Park, I, I don't know if Reagan taught him that, but he was like giving the verbals to all the takers. You're going to miss. I know you're going to go this way. No, you're going to miss. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, Save I don't two know penalties that. as well. But no, he. Uh, I know he's had a significant hand in bringing through the Whitecaps keepers and, yeah, he's been and helping them. And, and so I just want to give a shout out to him because um, I think well, he's look, a, a quality look at all the ones dude. that's come through. It's like, yeah. if you go back... Looking at Whitecaps keepers back to Callum Irvin, it's been a yeah. st- constant conveyor belt of talent. Yeah, and sadly, it's the position that yeah you're not probably going to be at the club because you've got a starting goalkeeper as you're coming through, and it's hard to dislodge that. Yeah, as we've seen with a number of the guys, but you've got the CPL, you've got elsewhere, and there's a you can have a really good career. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, I just want to give a shout-out no, to him. That's a nice one, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen him post up a WFC too. Like, you know, we're over playing here tonight or we, we got this result here or whatever. But, yeah, he's a, just a quality fellow, uh, really good at his job, and uh, I think a, a great human. I, I don't know him super well, um, but, I, like, I, yeah, I really appreciate him. And I think he, he's done a lot of work that deserves recognition. Yeah, like a lot of time for Reagan, and it's like Rich Fagan as well. We yeah, oh yeah. Part one, it's like it's nice to see guys that's been with the the team for so long. Thirteen years, Rich has been part of, yeah. of the Whitecaps now, and just to to see these guys doing well and thriving. Yeah, that's that's a, a beautiful sentiment to end the show with. I'm Michael McCall. Give me a follow on Twitter, AFTN Canada, on Threads as well think I'm also on Blue Sky, but I can't remember as what. Maybe AFT in soccer. I have no idea. I don't even know where it is. Also, read our stuff, AFTN.ca. If you've enjoyed the shows, give us a like, subscribe on the podcast feeds, give us some nice reviews as well. Every little helps. Every little helps as well. If you want to subscribe to our extra podcasts, $30 a month. Nope, $30 a year. Three dollars a month, but but if someone wanted to give three dollars a month, you take M- that. more than happy to take that. You can find the details of that on the site as well. We will be back with another bumper show soon. Who knows what fun interviews we might be bringing you? I think you can guess. But we'll be back with that soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care and mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.